0: If you like this episode, consider becoming a Patreon supporter to hear Emily and Pace record a movie commentary of Blade 2 exclusively on Patreon later this month. Content warnings for this episode include racism, sexual assault, and queerphobia. To Horror Nerds at Church, a ridiculously queer podcast where you take a deep dive into a horror film and talk about what it can teach us about God, the Bible, and each other. My name is Pace, and I am so envious of the 90, well, I guess like late Gen X folk who get to go to these like club kid raves and stuff of blood coming out of the ceilings and all that. Super envious. I I was a little too young for that in the 90s.
1: Uh, as someone who, like, uh, as a queer person who survived the '90s, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. That actually was the club mm-hmm. scene. We just took the blood of evangelicals and spread that shit all over <laughs> ourselves.
2: <So laughs> love it.
3: Whole new meaning to bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my name is Emily, and I am the blood maze design through which blades' blood trickles. Wow, that's. So awesome. <laughs> I just really liked the design
1: that is like the hottest in like self intro I've heard in a real <laughs> long time though Ugh.
0: yep, and we have a sp- amazing special guest with here uh with us here, Lenny Duncan. you've already heard. Him their voice, who's uh, a writer, speaker, scholar, and media producer working in the forefront of racial justice in America, Lenny is the author of Dear Church in the United States of Grace, and co-creator of the podcast Blackberry Jams with PRX, a PhD student in historical and cultural studies of religion, Lenny is currently investigating the theft of African spiritual thought by white American esotericism, Lenny is originally mm-hmm. from West Philadelphia, has hitchhiked thousands of miles on american byways and now makes home in the pacific northwest welcome thank you so much for joining us
1: thank you pace thank you uh Hema, uh, uh i am <laughs>
0: i am super
1: into that this is this is this is such a fun episode thank you for having me on the show pace that's the shortened bio <laughs> uh, I'm just going to keep it. It really is though. Like, you know, like, listen, black people need to be magnificent. And the fact that like, uh, particularly in, here I go, we're like right away, but like, <laughs> but like, but like in white spaces, we're expected to come in like, oh yeah, well, you know, I've done some things. No, like I've, I, you know, while not failing out of uh seminary after having nothing but a G-A- GED leading up to that. Right. I got my bachelor's in a year and a half while working then got my like mdiv in three years i wrote like two books and the basis of like the second book you know what i mean the first book being dear church and yeah you know i sold like fifty thousand copies all together and i should be proud of that right but like whiteness to because it's not about the capitalism like i didn't use that shit to cash in right like oh my god if you saw my life out here like (laughs) this it, it was never about cashing in i know everyone For one thing, everyone thinks writers make a bunch of money. Some of us make money, but it's not through our writing.
3: Yeah, it's speaking and...
1: It's the gross stuff. It is the thought leader industrial complex, which if you're listening, you can fuck off. (laughs) 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 Love it. You're like, I'll come speak at your thing, but don't expect me to kowtow to like Western empiricism or this idea that you can like bring me out for spectacle. If you want spectacle, I'll give you spectacle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but probably not the way you want. not
1: in the ways that you want, right? And so you know, like, yeah, so like thank you so much, like uh for the kind intro and shit and for having me on the show.
3: Nice. um, Pace just disappeared, which is weird.: But it says there's three of us here, really? Yep. Okay. oh. Yes, yes,
0: we can. Okay, so it's just my camera being weird. Sorry.
1: You know what it is, Pace, you were just radiating so much beauty that the camera was
0: like, I don't know <laughs> what to do with this. Yes, I will take that because yeah, I need that today. It's been a really shitty day. How 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 have all of you been? Um just generally, how's life treating you?
1: Oh, you mean during the fall of the empire? It's been great, right? (laughs) It's been super good for black queers. And, you know, any black queer that isn't hyper masculine is automatically uh, feminine. So things have been super good for me here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, A a, in, in Oregon, a state founded 120 years ago, specifically in response to the result of the Civil War as a whites only colony. So you can tell things are rocking for me out here. How are things going for you? (laughs)
0: oh so busy um (laughs) but that's about it like i i'm working for the man i can't even talk about it like but i'm working for the man now so i so i have all sorts of moral quandaries now about working for the government Mm -hmm. very strange but it's also great as you said in the fall of empire uh being just a queer femme person too and just trying to survive with limited access to healthcare all those fun things i just love 2022 this is such a great year for for all of us folks
1: it's a it's a fine vintage of um of um, (laughs) of of hell i you know I, i i i but you know i i you know i wouldn't have so many moral quandaries about being in government um you know uh you know so many people read my stuff and like you know i i I certainly have like a power analysis that if you lay it against like anarchists 20 years ago it would make sense but right now i believe i'm just taking the position of a patriot Mm. right Mm. fascism is a disease and uh, Mm, and a a republic cannot survive it
0: that's one of the things I loved about, well, I guess we can get a little bit into your books in a moment after we hear how Emily's yes. surviving too. Yes, because I just want to,
1: <laughs> because Emily, I miss Emily so much. Oh,
3: oh, we used to, we were we used to do D and D together, and. That was fantastic. I needed we survived the whole you. first
1: year of the pandemic and the uprisings in a super queer group that actually came together to help me while I was having the worst PTSD of my life. And Emily is one of the angels that uh came around me. Um, you know, I'm like a year and a half, I just finished up a year and a half outpatient, but uh, you know, I was at a really tender time when the rest of the world thought that like. I was—I don't know what the rest of the world thought I was doing—but a group of uh, mostly queer femmes, all queer femmes, who came together and like, um, just gave me something to do because I was going out there every day and risking my life. And
2: clear that—it <sighs> was clear that um,
1: it was very possible I could, you know, walk out and not come home.
2: And uh, every week they were there and they held that space for me until it was no longer. Yeah. When a lot of white people, a lot of people in the church, a lot of
1: pastors and colleagues and friends totally abandoned me. Like they abandoned all black people in that moment, but um, the particular cut of it to me really hurt. And, um, you know, and, and, and Emily and a few other people because I don't want to talk about other people without their permission on air. Um, and Emily I didn't ask your permission, but I, I, no, I, I just don't think people know who you are in the world sometimes, and how you move, um, and how precious that is. So, I just want to thank you. Thanks. Oh you know. Means, I don't want you to. That means I don't want you to edit it. You know, I don't want you to take it out because of some weird Midwestern sense of modesty like like you 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 made space for black people um particularly at a time of intense suffering for me. And um a lot of people talk about that. A lot of people write about that. Uh, some of your white friends make a living speaking about that. And um, you just did it.
3: That means, I don't have words for what that means, but I've I've been in a time in my life lately where I left, like I moved for projects and stuff. And I don't know, it's an introspective time that like, partly you got to wonder like, what am I doing? What have I done? And that means a lot, like, a lot to me that that I was able to be there for you and that like that was something that you needed and appreciated
1: it really made a difference and it made
2: a difference uh, to a community lots of community that's all right we're already crying bitches let's, g- <laughs> let's just get to the movie let's just get to
1: the right movie. right mm. <laughs> But Emily, how are you?
3: I am doing pretty well. I had a massive headache yesterday. So Mm. today I do not. And I have had tons and tons of water to make sure I don't. And coffee and all of those things. Um, But yeah, doing pretty well. Lots and lots of... I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was like... They were asking what I'm up to. And I was like, well... I'm doing some pulpit supply and that sort of thing and then a lot of stuff that doesn't make money and they were like so some places we call that like a calling ministry and I was like yes yes it is but yeah keeping busy but not too busy that's my goal right now and trying to get to know Baltimore oh
2: whoa
1: I did not know yeah. that you had made the move
3: yes, to Charm September.
1: City. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my.
3: It's uh, you know, quite charming.
1: It is. Listen, okay. I got cousins. Yeah. I'll make sure you, you get a good meal. I got friends. Now that I know you're there on the East Coast, I can, you know, that's, you know, every East Coaster. I got friends. <laughs> right? You need yeah. a TV? Yep. I fell off a truck. You know here you go, like, <laughs> but I do. I got people you know yeah. we can go see some we can go see yeah. some guys about some things and you know have some fun uh, so
2: sounds
1: good mm. yeah so so how so tell me about Baltimore for you, oh my God, I want to hear about Baltimore through your eyes for just a half second,
2: oh.
3: yeah, Baltimore, I really like Baltimore. I visited in the summer, so I've, like, seen some of the outdoor things, but, you know, we're still in a pandemic, so... Oh, yeah. Not doing the <laughs> indoor things so Never much, ending. But... Well, things. you right. know,
1: people think I come off so callous about that, but we have a 98% vaccination rate, or a 94% vaccination rate in my county. Ooh, so it's like...
2: That's nice. and
1: And most people still wear masks while they're walking around. I'm one of the few weirdos who's like, dude, we're three shots in, and, like... 9.6 of you which means your kids have it too like you know what i mean mostly you know all the older kids have except for the really young so really it's just the young mm-hmm. right and you mean so like but my point is it's like i haven't eaten in a restaurant in two years like the whole culture here is like outdoor culture so it's like i'm never indoors it, you know what i yeah. mean so sometimes when people talk to me about like i haven't been in the east coast for like three years because of the fucking pandemic <laughs> And like and so when people are like, Oh yeah, there's still a pandemic raging, I'm like, raging? What are you I'm like, oh (laughs) yeah, they're not wandering the (laughs) national forest (laughs) like fucking yogi and fucking boo boo, you know?
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a whole different ballgame. And
2: Mm -hmm.
0: improvement from uh Iowa though, I hope, Emily?
3: Yes, yes, you know the there actually are a few masks on people oh. in baltimore so <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> yeah
3: more than a few baltimore baltimore has been pretty good but it's just a densely populated city and so yep yeah there's there's going to be the limits of access of
1: yeah uh, i mean if you want to f-
3: science and medicine are racist and sexist and all of the things yeah. um, so there's all of and there's deniers but
1: yeah, it's listen. Just cause you, just cause you fucking watched every season of The Wire, it's still some shit <laughs> when you go to Baltimore and like, you know, like as a kid, I had spent one summer in Chillum Road, like up in Hydesville where that, where like what what the wire is about, like during mm-hmm. the height of that shit. But I like wasn't, Yeah as a kid, I wasn't aware of that shit. I was just like, yeah, I was like, my cousin comes home with bikes every day. We gonna go ride a bike. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking know what was going on. You know what I mean? I'm like, why they grease mm-hmm. the poles? How come they lock the gates to the apartment complex? The fuck's going they were like greasing the <laughs> poles to the gates and shit so people couldn't climb it when they're running from police it was fucking crazy but you know as a kid you know it's just like weird non-sequiturs right yeah. um and now i have a lot of family and friends in baltimore and will smith um slapping uh homeboy is basically philadelphia talking to baltimore that's like a, <laughs> that's, that's a very philadelphia baltimore conversation right it's like <laughs> You're a little like you're my cousin. You're my friend, or you're in my atmosphere. You've been worn several times. You're a little bit out of pocket. I got lots of cousins who are like that from Baltimore. I can name three right now, but don't fight me.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I'm. It's been really cool getting getting to know it, and like looking forward to getting to know more of it.
1: Yeah. And good people there. Good ministers on the, uh, on the, uh, mm-hmm. and on the, uh, does the ELCA still exist? I'm sorry. I haven't been on Twitter. Yeah. In a
3: while. <laughs> last last I checked. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For now. Wow. Yeah. Is there a part of the ELCA that hasn't been racked with controversy in the last year and a half? I can't think of one youth ministry. Come on. I mean like okay I guess it was the pandemic that they don't care about where they were going to have it sure um I guess it was like it's just like one thing after another right yeah. right and yeah, I guess yeah. I guess it was the pandemic and I guess you just happen to have a major change in leadership in the first time in like a decade all coincidentally mm-hmm. cuz it's all about coincidence now and like uh-huh. you know I guess coincidentally like you know what I mean like there's suddenly this like shift in the way the conference of bishops uh is really kind of treating the church-wide entity um Mm -hmm. because like one of their own is hurt right right so like you start to see like what you start to see is people start to tell the stories now right and as the stories are being told right because what 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 the especially what mother church has been quite adept at is taking people's voice which is why i didn't sign shit and I'm willing to talk mm-hmm. about every way I fucked up, right? I'll tell you how I fucked up. The worst thing I did my last ministry is I used the wrong credit card because of ADHD. And I paid for a, uh, I think I paid for like part of my, um, my continuing ed flight, you know, I was supposed to pay from personal money. Like that was it. And I paid them back like a, a week later when I got audited, mm-hmm. yeah. that was like the worst thing I ever did. And I told them to literally fuck off about a couple of things, <laughs> but, uh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was me, but, like, I ain't do no shady shit, right? And so, like, Mm -hmm. right, so that's why I didn't sign shit, because I want the ability to tell my story when I'm ready, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, I watch them do this. They systemically take the person's voice, and what's been really interesting to watch is mostly black women, always black women, taking up the mantle in the evangelical Lutheran church in America of telling sacred story. So suddenly a series of things that happens to a Latinx minister, which all happened during one of the shadiest elections for Bishop ever that I was like, I was, I I was like, right. I was number 12 or 13. I was 13 on the list and I loved it. (laughs) And I was 13. Didn't have a shot. I didn't have a shot because I had no will to go up against black elders, Latinx elders, queer elders, mm-hmm. and by queer elders, I mean like they had been out, right? I felt the way I felt since I was, since 1994. I've dressed like this since I've been going to show since 1994, right? But like heteronormativity, mm-hmm. uh, 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 a now broken marriage and other things had me show up different ways and I don't give a fuck. I don't gotta explain it to anyone. No one has to explain their queerness to you, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, because the church is the only place where I like queerness is like, like you know, like in the '90s, queerness was like a secret society that welcomed me in. I love me, and it was a soft place yeah. to land. But in the church, it's like, I'm sorry, in 1973, this queer was the first ever to do the epiclesis, and thus I'm from <laughs> a lineage where you can't be cool enough to hang out. It's like fuck off, <laughs> dude. Like fuck you, you so nerd. Like you know what I mean? I wouldn't hang with you back then either. I don't, like you know what i mean like fuck you then. Right? like you know what i mean like i'm trying to be nice bro like fuck you like it's, it's just weird so there's a lot of that shit gatekeeping anyway let's get to the movie i'm losing my shit sorry
0: it's all good so much uh, editing one... <laughs> this podcast just i should have said this before we got air i do very little editing just because i don't have time for that shit so we're gonna have like a two and a half hour episode and our listeners will just have to deal with it i don't care but um, before we get into the movie, though, we asked this of all of our guests uh, if you have a real life church horror story that you'd want to share. And we're kind of already talking about it with like the downfall of the ELC and all the drama going on uh, there. Uh, but, like, just like uh, it can be um supernatural story it could be uh just people being shitty to each other however you interpret that if you have Oh considered. no we could
1: talk about the esoteric and the supernatural you know i do a whole blog about this uh the sorcerer's notebook right now or a sorcerer's notebook i don't want to put on airs but uh <laughs> <laughs> right and um and uh, which is like supposed to, it's it's like kind of like so like you know from my perspective when i met jesus christ he entered like a full ass room right and like in that room was a lot of other things i had experienced that i wasn't so sure of so i was like oh jesus you can like sit in this room full of shit i think is weird and i'm unsure of i know it's real (laughs) right i know and and now suddenly you are real too right like but like you can just go in that room right and in that room uh is like what is the sorcerer's notebook is all about
2: right Mm. and
1: so uh Early on in the ELCA, when people would say stuff and, and, and particularly, uh, you know, and, and listen, I'm not trying to out anyone, but like some pastors are competent enough to know that they're doing fucking candle magic in front of everyone every Sunday and some of them aren't. And I'm just not going to be like, I'm <laughs> right? not going to put on airs. Like some of us know that we're doing an 1800 year old ancient liturgy, which is another word for evocation or invocation or incantation. That if it wasn't an incantation, then why are you so worried if I change pieces of it? Then <laughs> exactly. Why
3: does that matter? Why does that matter? Exact right? English translation of these words, right? But it's and why? A and, times. Right,
1: right. So, so, so we know that we're, we're what we're doing is like the essence of alchemy. We're taking very public symbols we're adding other elements to them, right? Wine, right? So we're adding the water, right? We're adding like bread, the earth, right? Right. We have the candles going, right? We have the frankincense and myrrh, right? To welcome the ancestors, the dead, and to welcome like the veil to get thin, right? And we're using this all in these different ways. Why? To cause and effect. That's fucking alchemy. That's spell work, right? Yeah. And so, like, there's some people who, like, will talk about that and some who won't, right? And you can, and you can say, well, it's different because it's Jesus. Well, you've been saying a lot of things are different because it's Jesus. <laughs> I wouldn't go with that argument. I don't think that one's going to end up, you know, historically, yeah. it's just not one I would stick with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I would start there and find somewhere else to go, which is where I kind of find myself. And, you know, like, uh, so for me, like, I always got the weird, the weird shit, exorcisms in a church. You know, I wrote that uh, exorcism for systemic racism, which, uh, you know, in in, in seminary and like published it, I think, uh, 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 he who will not be named from the ELCA clergy page, shout out to you, homie. Uh, um, (laughs) Like, right. Yep. Yeah, like like he put me on the blog, which was a big play at the time, you know what I'm saying? Um, the Lutheran blog spot this time and and like fucking it was really good for me. And like I, I did that. It was a paper that John Paul, um, my historian uh teacher at the time encouraged me to do and he's laughing now that I'm getting a PhD for history. And <laughs> um which is what he told me. He's like, Don't be a pastor, they'll ruin you. <laughs> but but um but my
0: CPE, my CPE supervisor told me the exact same thing, which is one reason why I never finished ordination track. So I feel you on
1: know that. Oh no, I went all the way out because I was like, "You ain't taking this shit from me." But <laughs> and but you know, um, and so like one of the weirdest things I got, and I don't want to put anyone names, but uh, you know, I I I'm not gonna tell anyone's names, but uh, so th- there's another person, and they are a practitioner of like the weird shit so like i got accepted to the vatican school for exorcisms and as soon as i can get my visa mm. cleared i got i got accepted 2019 um as a lutheran pastor right and so i want to go there and 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 see what they do right um and mm-hmm. that does some interesting thing amongst the diocese and gives you the right to you know if there is an exorcism in the area to the, you can you you can you can supersede the cardinal so I mean, that's all part of Vatican too, right? So it's it's like licensing, yeah. basically. Worldwide licensing to go look at weird shit. And <laughs> in, in the name of <laughs> Jesus, right? And 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 so like, you know, um and, and I always talked about stuff like this, if you ever like actually sat with me, you know. And um and so through a friend, uh the, I give them the white shit and they give me the black people shit, Because right? 'Cause we're like we're like we're like this shit and that's my dog breaking something um <laughs> or Oso, which is like uh uh spanish for bear but yoruban for wizard or seer um oh. yeah but uh he uh but 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 but, but you know so so I, you know we we would do that so you know i get a call hey there's some black shit i was like some what it's, you know basically she was like this is she's like she's like this is some shit she's like it's ancestral it's scary i don't even think a white person should convey what this other person thinks is happening like it was just all uh, right whatever you know what i mean so i reach out to this person who's like you know another peer and uh, you know a black peer and they're like yo somebody gave me all these glass beads from nig from uh and from um from um Angola, I thought at first, and then I thought that the you know um then I thought they were from Nigeria, but then I had someone look, you know, you know, where, you know what I mean, like, you know, where they were, um, uh, you know what I mean, like where they were from, and they turned out that they were slaver beads from Ghana.
2: Mm. Wow.
1: Now, now so <laughs> Now, here's the thing about slaver beads. <laughs> slaver beads for each glass bead, and they were meticulously made by, um, I think they were either Belgian, I mean, just craftsmen's from all over Europe because they were like, uh, they were like able to, you know, you got to remember, a slave was worth the amount of the average Prius. Brand new off the line Prius. Okay? Each, each, mm-hmm. so, so, so this is, this this is the building of world wealth and capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. And so in the conversion from the fiefdom system, right? Because, you know, the, the rulers of the world realized they couldn't keep that system going. And so and so what you see, and, and, and so each bead represents one person, and there's these strings of beads, you know, and there's like, you know, sometimes 20, sometimes a 100, finely crafted Venetian glass and shit like that. And they're used over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Because they're only used on trade routes to, you know, eventually trade in for gold or currency. Mm-hmm. And they had a bag of them. Oh. A bag. Wow. And so, you know, they send it to me. And this is like middle of the uprising. So this is like this is like September, and like we just got done like fighting wildfires. I know it was like over in most places, but in Portland, that shit was like just heating up. Like we 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 yep. had federal agents uh, kidnapping people. Like the shit was wild here. It was in the Wild mm-hmm. West. Um, Kevin Peterson was murdered, um, by Clark County Sheriff's like a couple weeks later, and then after that, a uh, Genoa was like it. It was just like one thing after another here locally, and then nationally. Like, you know, it just was not stopping. And um we had become mm-hmm. like this sort of like weird focal point. Um that we and none of us thought that. Like no one was taking the mic. We didn't have any like activists parachuting in. Like we didn't have any of that. Like yeah. we were just out there and like uh it was weird. The media just kind of like locked onto us and then the administration did. And so um uh you know, they send me these beads and like I was like, all right, we'll just ship it on to me Whenever you can get on to me. I sent them some money to ship it. I was like, don't worry about it. Yeah, they were there like the next day. They were like, you could right. tell this person was like, get these out the house. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the stuff that was happening in their house, um, you know they they just knew that like there was just like a presence that was to put it mildly was starting to uh, uh, fray at the fabric of their life. Right. So it gets in my place. I open it up and it's just like, it's like almost like you, have you ever like opened up like a, a box with blankets and it just, whoop, you know, it just opens up or mm-hmm. like with pillows. Mm-hmm. That's what the energy felt like. Oh, wow. When it hits you. Yeah, yeah. And like I just did like wrapped it all up. I like poured I like burned some Palo Santos over it. I'm like pouring like Agua de Florida. <laughs> like I'm pouring stuff from the cupboards, like everything I got from like I'm like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And um I bag it up and I take it to the river from Mother O'Shun, you know, and 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 release them to the river, you know? Mm-hmm. And you could almost feel, cause you know, there's gotta be thousands and thousands of souls attached to those beads. Right. And it's yeah. just like each day that I'm here and I'm doing the work and I'm working in black community, I feel like one of those, one of those uh, ancestors like steps forward. Like, you know, you could just feel their presence here now in this city, um, yeah. in my life. Um, and like uh when we hear the term exorcism we think it's like this battle with evil and it's like no it's like sometimes it's like incredible amounts of unrecognized trauma and pain that needs ritual that needs ceremony and 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 needs tending to right needs tending to needs candles lit for needs to be remembered um and this uh, this applies to white people too like um, particularly to white people, you have John Brown's in your lineage. Quit being such a coward
2: mm. and go
1: find them. They, you can't be the only one. All we are are the ancestors returned. So, so, mm. so you can't be the only one. As above, so below. That's 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 that's, that's the truth of indigeneity. And you had indigeneity yeah. before you came to this land, and you chose yeah. white. Yeah. So, so, so who were those people who 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 resisted? um the civilization in a nutshell
0: but Mm -hmm. resisted
1: empire right and find them and and tap into them and the ones who didn't man uh, you know you might need to do some offering and some work to help them do that work over there because their work isn't finished just because they're there i think that's the one thing that uh That uh, you know, experiences like that have and that the church has taken away from people, right? I don't know what I did there, that's sacrilege, right? Other than take some beads to a river and do some prayers with some honey. Right to the equivalent of like our saint, you know what I mean, uh Mm Brigitte. Well, not Saint Brigade, I would say. But there's several other saints that are (laughs) associated with her. But you know what I mean? There are a lot. Anyway, that's my spooky church story
3: yeah i also love the i love that story in particular because it is like as you're talking about the souls and the ancestors who are connected to those beads and that like with time they step forward they step forward in a place that is in desperate need right of who they are right like Mm, to be in oregon in in the state created to be white
1: listen listen i live in a state where we are three thousand people away from going below the six percent mark in this city which is always always historically been where communities get programmed
2: Mm.
1: and we're and we're surrounded by nazis Like the this is the Proud Boys headquarters. This is Patriot Prayers headquarters. Uh Idaho is full of white supremacists and Eastern Oregon has tried to secede from the nation like nineteen times. Um they have taken over the state capitol here. They did it uh as almost the same people who did it on January sixth did it with a senator here, and it's part of the case. It was like a it was like a pre run.
2: Hmm.
1: And most of the police now. Are, if they're not wearing the fascist signal stuff, they're they're turning a blind eye and hoping the Nazis do their job for them. It's, it, it is, it's it's not dystopian, but it, it kind of so low-key is. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you're right. This is a place where that energy is like, you know, they're welcome here, and there's black organizers. We go to that spot, you know, and we sit and we think about, like, their sacrifices,
2: right? Oh.
0: And now we very, very awkwardly transition to the movie. I mean, not but, really. I We're mean, talking feel about like,
1: a, a, a white here. I mean, a, a, a bunch of white of white vampire nation trying to kill exactly
0: like, a few black like, people. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. I, is it that weird of a transition when that's like kind of the plot, like made the metaphor made reality in this film, like made, laid bare mm-hmm. of like this very white who talk about things like blood lineage and stuff about how important it is to them uh, and against the black protagonists. So we're, I'm sure you solve listeners from the episode title, but we are talking about blade. We're finally what 30 minutes into podcast and mentioning the movie for the first time. <laughs> we're good, but love, love it. For one thing, um, put
1: respect on blade's name. For, there would be no MCU without this movie, Right. And a black a black man who couldn't even pay his fucking taxes.
2: <laughs> Yo, I, I hate to put Wesley <laughs> Snipes out, out there. Like that.
1: But, like, this is a dude who, like, didn't even... Who's like, fuck taxes. I ain't doing that shit. And he actually did it for pretty principled reasons. Like, when he went to court, you know, he, like, had... He he, he had some... He has religious reasons why he didn't. He was like, man, I am giving them shit. Fuck them. And they called him in the end. It fucked his career up. But, like, he was... I'm not giving it to him. It wasn't because he was fucking up. But like, yeah. but like, my point is, is like, 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 if it wasn't for Wesley Snipes, there would be no Avengers, right?
0: Yeah. Deal with that, n- fucking nerd boys, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um. Yeah, it came out in ninety eight, and like, even as we were watching screen it for this, like, just how much of a impact this movie made not just to like superhero genre but like the fucking matrix is so deeply inspired by this too and like Mm
2: -hmm. we're
0: all wearing leather doing like kung fu type of moves and it's like they're getting it from this movie the whole aesthetic everything
1: yep it was the first time the marvel universe was grounded in realism that didn't want to make you choke fucking stan lee (laughs) right
0: (laughs) (laughs) love it yeah Yeah. i
3: have Yeah, I hadn't seen it since, I hadn't seen Blade ever, because I was a little bit too young when it came out, I think, and so this was my first time, and I was like, yep, and we talked about that it Matrix came out just after that, but it's fascinating, and like, it's, it is both baffling and not at all baffling, right, of how it did not, make it in the way that like the other Marvel cinematic universe is like, has all of these giant characters that blade wasn't as well known about, at least for me, it, it both is baffling and makes sense. Like.
1: Right. And, and, and I want to give uh and I want to give uh pace time to talk about the director and all that stuff before I get into like why I think that happened in the Marvel. And it really has to do with who blade was as a comic character. Um, mm. which made them yeah. which, which is how he got optioned off to Fox, I think, at the time. But, you know, mm. we should probably give I don't know, are you, you wanna give them the stats yeah. pace or should I just like get out your shit? I mean, you know, I are could...
0: sure. uh, this is all good, <laughs> but yeah, Stephen Norton uh directed it from Lee who I guess most other known for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen a and hasn't really made a movie film. since then. A fine film. Oh, well then I will not share my comment on that. But yes. <laughs> uh and then um, written by David Esquire, who also has written the Dark Knight trilogy of Christopher Nolan and a few other like um, superhero e movies. Uh, yeah, but like you said, this is Blade was based off of a comic book character. So yeah, uh, first appeared in Marvel's The Tomb of Dracula. So please give us all your lo- I You you were a fan of the character before the oh, film, right?
1: Oh yeah, of course. Like, listen, if you were reading Marvel comics in the '90s and the '80s, I'm old. Right. So I'm 43 fucking washed up and I, I'll i be your zaddy now. It's OK. But <laughs> but 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 my point is, is that if you're reading comics, you know, like, you, you know, like my first comic was The Fall of the Mutants. Right. That was like the I was like, you know, uh, and if you've ever if you've ever there was a cover of that where it was Angel pinned to a wall by the bad guys. They had mm. taken his wings and hammered him mm. to the wall, and then they cut his wings off.
2: Ooh. And
1: I was like, I think I like comic books, right? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this shit? And and um and 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 in that stock, uh, because my cousin Kevin, shout out to Kevin. Kevin's like probably like the reason like I write today. Um I was so inspired by Stan Lee. And some of the things that they were talking about that, like, my parents did. I was a weird kid. Like, I would read whole encyclopedias and shit and be like, um, none of this makes sense. But, you know, I'd be like, that TOE is bullshit. You know, like, you know, like, I would just, <laughs> I would, yeah, you know, I was just a weird yeah. kid. I read the Bible, like, one summer and was like, ma, psh, no, a lot of inconsistencies, ma. Just, like, slip that <laughs> shit, like, right across the table. You and, you know, it. I would sit down and, like, read you know the wall street journal drink coffee and like my dad had to force me not to walk outside in butterfly collars i was just like a weird fucking kid and and comics i really believed were like very young in like they are the archetypes of the collective consciousness of america and really stan lee and those guys were tapping into some real shit and so in that stack was not only the fall of the mutants. And if you're a comic book fan, this is like an epic Christmas gift. I got all the fall of mutants. I got the entire black symbiote, uh, Spider-Man, um, oh, wow. yeah. uh, like everything that had happened up until that point. Cause it's like 1986 or seven or whatever the fucking year, right? 89, maybe even 91, 91, 91. So it's like everything that had happened up until that point with some black symbiote stuff. I think I got some stuff with the beyonder and like this, uh, secret wars, and um and and in that was blade like a bunch of blade comics right and it was like the it was like like fail blade runs <laughs> <laughs> and like the defenders with him and doctor strange and like him and like some ghost rider shit because like i didn't realize my cousin had like had to really search for like some solid blade storylines and then black panther and those were like i was like black superheroes oh, Shit, um, okay. and got really into it, and also was immediately sickened by the way they were depicted in the seventies. Um, but not having enough cultural context to know that that shit was radical at the time. Hmm. Mm. Um, so a lot of like confusing feelings, right? Like being yeah, like, you know. damn, Blade don't look like black people I know, fuck him, right? <laughs> but then being like, damn, all I got is Blade.
2: <laughs> and then being like yep.
1: Right. And so like some yes. of that shit, yes. right? I wasn't into black lightning. I hated DC comics. Fuck DC comics. Uh, you know what I mean? That's why you're that's why you're that's that's why they gotta do some wild ass shit with Flash to change their whole fucking movie thing. Because <laughs> right. that's because that's how the comics are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, Marvel does all these comic wide events that change everything and they have to buy all new titles. I'm like, yeah, it's called continuity. I'm I'm sorry, dude. (laughs) I'm sorry we're into continuity over you can go read DC where there's no fucking sense of it. I love it. You know, and the movies show it. And so like, you know, Blade was this character that was not treated well. Um, He was almost like a You know, here comes Dracula Like it's like a 70s, 80s Like here comes Dracula And it was like, here's Blade It was almost like, you know what I mean I don't know if you've ever seen black exploitation films But Mm -hmm. a real black exploitation vibe um, Not treated as a serious character Um, Really, uh, really um, And you think about the mind of the white writer um, You know, um, the product of rape Of a white undead creature that you know, and that that sexually assaults you know what I mean, Blade's mother, yeah, <laughs> right. And then he's born like that, right. And so, there's this you know, immediately as a kid, you know, the only white person I knew in my life was a teacher of the police, and my mom, she was the alien, like you know, um, and she specifically made sure we lived in black culture because she knew that anywhere else would be dangerous for us. This is like six years after loving Virginia, yeah, and so, like. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's a different fucking world. You talk my my mom and dad fell in love in like 74 or 75. What the fuck is you talking about?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Weirdo? You know, oh, they're like, oh, ten <laughs> years later, do the math. Fuck you. Okay, a decade later. Wow, here we are, like fucking, you know, since 64 we've had voting rights. That's really working out. But anyway. <laughs> um yeah. you know, like, you know, like to keep it real. And so and, and so, like, you know, Blade has this really weird place in my um in little Lenny's like cosmology, right? Where I was like, I don't like him. And I really leaned into Black Panther, right? Because Black Panther seemed like, you know, Wakanda just seemed like what we could be if white people had never found us. And really, um, that vision got me. But Blade was everywhere. Then you see him about the 80s and the 90s. And he's more like a black Punisher. He's like Mm. a black Frank Castle. So, like, Blade comes back in the Midnight Sun series with Ghost Rider. Doctor Strange, I think like the weird gray hawk that spent time in Vegas as like a, as a mobster, <laughs> yeah. which was my favorite hawk. Cause if I was the hawk, that would have been me, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, putting
1: yeah. on a zoot suit, beating the fuck out of people for their money. You know what I mean? Just be like people like, yo, there's a plane going down. That's what's up, man. But you like, Oh, homeboy for like that fucking last game. So <laughs> <laughs> that'd be me. I would totally, that's why I couldn't be the hawk and uh Mr. Fixit was the name of that personality and i loved it. Um so Mr. Fixit ends up on the team um and it's really a reboot of the defenders, right? But they can't say the defenders because everyone fucking hated the defenders. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's Midnight Suns and you start to see like Blade in the larger vampire world, right? And now he's a a prime member of the Avengers. Which of course suspiciously happens after Feige decides there's a movie. You know, um, if you watch who becomes a core Avengers team member in the comic universe, you'll know five years in advance what fucking movie's about to come out. And <laughs> right? mm. and uh, and and but but you know he's now the sheriff of the vampire nation with an uneasy treaty with Dracula, um, and part of the larger Marvel universe in this really kind of profound way where he's he's been an outsider. He's never uh, compromised his ethics like Tony Stark. He is not an ideologue like uh, Captain America. Um, He is not a um, separatist. Like uh, if you're reading the X-Men right now and the Utopia and the Reign of X, which is the best fucking thing that's ever happened to the X-Men ever. And if that's what the movies are going to be like, because that's what I think they're going to do. They're just going to make the island appear after the multiverse of madness. Um yeah I the Krakoa is just going <laughs> to appear and it's going to and and the movie is just going to yeah. be what happened in Krakoa in that earth and then they're just going to appear in the other earth watch I You heard, heard it here like, first Yeah But but like you know like that's like like you you suddenly see Blade as this like really kind of like like almost the last real hero of the marvel universe on the avengers team thor is king mm-hmm. for he represents asgard and the entire dimensions fucking uh shit uh iron man is like constantly fucking up and part of the military industrial complex i mean still to this day there's, mm-hmm. there's a new fucking series about him getting godlike powers and fucking it up how many times is this gonna happen um <laughs> yeah. uh you know uh, captain america is an ideologue and they just kind of you know an ideologue and they, and they just kind of make fun of him as a relic now and Mm -hmm. and everyone else in the marvel universe has been compromised but blade because blades like mission has always been i'm here to fuck some vampires up and if i help save the world along the way that's cool but you heroes are in my fucking way (laughs) and it's just sort (laughs) of like how he moves through the marvel universe And, and and you know years later in retrospect he's like one of the coolest fucking people um, yeah. But, you know, uh, this movie kind of was victim to that. You know, it's the late 90s. Midnight Suns only had like maybe like 40 or so fucking issues, maybe less. Um, it, uh, uh, I forget what was right before it. Uh, Daredevil was either right before it or right after yeah. this. But that Ben yeah. Affleck piece of shit. Oh, um, yeah. And up before that, all we got was a terrible made for TV uh, Captain America movie. A terrible yeah. made for TV Thor movie. A terrible made-for-TV Spider-Man movie, um, and, and that, that was terrible really... terrible. Punisher movie too, right? The Punisher oh. with 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 like Val Kilmer for one thing. For <laughs> one, he killed Apollo Creed. Frank Castle would never kill Apollo Creed, so that that <laughs> that threw me off. I just couldn't get into that movie. But yeah, frankly, like yeah, yeah. frankly, they tried to keep selling off the more. Um, ground based or more reality based stars but they they kept trying to do it in these really kind of like just really crappy ways and you know Stan Stan was famous for making terrible business decisions when he was licensing the products yeah. um, and the Marvel and really Marvel Comics like got its ass kicked and Stan got screwed by a lot of people too you know there's a lot of back and forth with that right um, and Stan's legacy has really kind of been stolen by these movie studios and Feige in a lot of ways or at least that's what his daughter says and you know what I'm going to believe his daughter and uh, but you know so so really when this movie comes out, it's a hit and no one knows fucking why. And like I remember yeah. seeing reviews of it and people were like, "A movie about a black vampire hunter from a comic book is number one." Also, three ways you can keep your kids from turning gay. You know what I mean? Like back in five. <laughs> because yeah because it's the fucking 90s right you know what mm-hmm. i mean like like and so and 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 so it's like this surprise hit that i fucking love and then the other movies happen but we won't we don't talk about those in the black community i, I notice you have those in the notes but we i will not <laughs> I, I will not discuss those with you
0: no <laughs> it's fine yeah uh, just for our listeners at home who aren't may not know there were two that followed it play two and play trinity we don't need to talk about those, I agree, yeah, they are
3: they, I've not seen them so
1: you are not but. missing anything except for except for somebody who owed a lot of tax money <laughs> yep
0: um the m c u um uh, the only other like background stuff I have is like the m c u is bringing blade back um uh, recast uh sadly like for a long time it sounded like wesley snipes is gonna come back and be blade but now they have Mahershala lee yeah i think who... they're
1: gonna have i think they're gonna have uh i think they're gonna have wesley snipes play uh um the guy who yeah bishop or whatever who um kind of uh the guy who trains him or whatever—I I can't. Oh, Whistler or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, Whistler is his name there, but Whistler's actually a guy from the Punisher. So that's like bullshit. I don't know what they're going to call yeah. him in the. Movie.
0: <laughs> I don't know what they're going to call him in the movie. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That always pissed yeah. me off. I'm like, what the fucking Whistler?
0: <laughs> I love it. I see. I, I had no idea. Like the depth of your comic fandom so i'm so this is so amazing this is i read every
1: issue of every dc and every uh, mcu comic book every week religiously it's what i do for self-care
0: that's amazing when i was i haven't kept up with my comic book nerdery but like up until i moved back to the east coast actually i was grabbing comics uh i'm more of a dc person i have to say but marvel has handled their so so much better in your cosmology (laughs) that's fine i mean true story
2: yeah i mean
1: mean, like i and i'm compelled by a lot of dc titles right now um i think uh i think the new super uh kal-el son of superman one of the best titles ever made um you know superman in love with with their boyfriend i think superman's pronouns superboy's pronouns are he him but he started putting they on the end or his partner uses they them theirs and his partner has powers it's not it's not a damsel in distress either which is like even better it's like it's like his 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 partner's like some badass secret a reporter, like taking down governments with powers, he's like a he's like mad, subversive, but he's like fucking banging superboy, which I'm super into. Love it, are su- <laughs> You know what I mean? Because it's, like, it's like it's like there, there, there's like su- there's like multiple queer characters like all over, mm-hmm. um, and DC's doing a good job of introducing them less awkwardly than the Marvel universe, for
0: sure.
3: That takes effort. That's that's why your DC is because of Superman, right, Pace?
0: Yeah, I I've long well, when I was a kid, it's like you. the Superman movies were oh. big with Christopher Reeve, oh so God. like that first, that's my- what got me into comics. And when I was like seven, I think is when the death of Superman came out in the early '90s. Yes. So like that was the hook yes, for me. That's the hook right there. That cover with
1: the with the uh, with the flag. That yeah. shit. I had the black. The girl. Like, and I had I had like four I, I had four of those foil covers, man. I fucking loved them. For real. Oh.
3: I have been in I have to say, I have been enjoying um, Ms. Marvel, the new yes. Ms. Marvel. Yes. And Disney Plus has like Marvel Rising or something, which I totally watched out of order, but has like Ms. Marvel, um,
1: well, Kamala is one of the best characters right, they've come question. up with. Yeah. I, Kamala's after some awkward ones. Yeah. I think America Chavez is the queerest character.
3: Yes, she's also in the Marvel Rising,
1: mm-hmm. and I, she's going to be a big part of the multiverse of madness. If you look at, uh, there's a scene where there's a kid with like a jean jacket punching a wall and it makes a star. That's her. I mean, they only do it for three yeah, seconds, yeah. but that's fucking Miss. You know, that's America Chavez. Yeah, that's- hey, who, you if you don't know America Chavez from an alternate universe where her two superman-like powered uh, female mothers um, sacrifice themselves to save the universe um, in a perfect society that America Chavez had to be orphaned from. Latinx, uh, super queer, a badass, doesn't follow any of the rules, not trying to do no superhero shit, just just really yeah, fun.
3: Yeah, she is fantastic.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, the Marvel Universe issues that shit, like, fucking really awkwardly. And then, like, You know, like, all of a sudden, like, you know, Nightwing is just making out with a dude one day. (laughs) Like, DC is just like, whoa, we we just have hotter characters. Which is true. Like, yeah. You know, it's like Tony Stark or or, or Dick Grayson. You're definitely going to fuck Dick Grayson. Right? I'm just keeping it real. Like, Tony's a creep. Tony looks like every creepy guy I've never wanted to hang out with.
3: He really does. Mm-hmm. All of the Starks, like even in Agent Carter, like
1: Oh yeah. Howard I mean, Howard god. looks like a real creep. Howard looks like the guy who's like, Yeah, that's right, beat that black boy. You know, like <laughs> oh, Howard looks like a
0: real creep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Love it. Yeah. All right. Should we actually talk
0: about the movie now though? Sure. <laughs> let's let's get into play. <laughs> <You know. laughs> I mean, now that we're about fifty minutes in, this is great. I Emily has Trained me to not care about time. I used to be like very uptight Mm. and like it's way too long, but now I'm just like our listeners can fast forward, they know how to use that button, so I don't need to do it for them. They
3: can pause and come back,
0: right? Right. Exactly,
1: and they may not, you know, also they may not need the whole plot. I mean, you know what I mean? There's also that stuff, too, right? You can also. But 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 no please I'm I'm the guest. Let me shut up and 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 and, and where should we no. be?
0: What should we be doing? Sure. Well yeah. I guess we'll just go quick we'll go quick through the summary. Uh and feel free to chime in like anything that uh
1: Oh yeah. I just know I'm going to, that's why I was like quick, but I was a lie. Yeah. It's that, okay. That's like when a black <laughs> pastor says, I, I have a very short sermon for you. That's <laughs> I just have a few things to say. Yep,
0: yep. Uh, well,
2: yeah. Well, uh, so Blade opens
0: up in 1967 as a pregnant woman uh, played by Lathan, uh gives birth to her baby before dying from a neck wound. The film picks up 30 years. Right. Curious. <laughs> ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. <laughs> <laughs> the film picks up in present day, they said, but it was the nineties. So it's clearly 30 years later. Um. As the now adult child, Blade. No, I Russia refute snakes. that
1: mark. It's still the i that remark. It's still the '90s. Strike that from the record. Strike that. <laughs> strike that from the record. We are at war with the Russians. It's fucking. <laughs> I, listen, it's if it isn't 1991, like
3: we've right before. we got a plague. Yeah, we got a plague. Like, yep. I
1: don't know. Yep. All right,
0: go ahead. I love it. Uh, yeah. So he. Is apparently half human, half vampire. Uh, yeah. Daywalker. Daywalker. Uh, that's how I feel in the ELCA. Daywalker.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why I posted that on the ELCA clergy page because that's how I feel. I feel like the daywalker. I just be like communicating with the whites, trying
0: not to eat them. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he. Uh, oh, just to shout out that this turn. Dampier has appeared in a few of our other episodes, so it's kind of the same thing. I do appreciate the term "daywalker" so much more, though, because Dampier sounds really...
1: Oh yeah, Dampier. Damp. Yeah,
0: it sounds damp. It sounds moist.
1: Yeah, Dampier. (laughs) I I was like, what is? I was like, what is that? Is like a new strain of pot they're selling? Like, what is? What is Dampier? I was like, because you know, I'm old, so I don't know that stuff. People at Oregon be like, uh, "Hey, would you like one of these? Uh, would you like one of these refreshers?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then, like five minutes later, you're like, "Why are the walls melting?" Or like an hour later, you're like, "Oh, the refresher <laughs> had, you know, three thousand milligrams of THC. weren't you ready for that?" I'm like, "No, not on a Wednesday at two, yeah. but
0: fuck it. Yeah. You know, here we are." I will remain silent because of Pace's <laughs> own THC habits. Which has our poor friend group who has who I brought a chocolate bar to oh and um, was not prepared for what a sliver that chocolate bar would do. Well. So I apologize.
1: <laughs> well, I know that people do that all the time here too. They're like, Is this the stuff they give you as a medical patient? I'm like, Yeah, I never take it. Don't and then they eat one. And they're like, I woke up in a bush. I'm like,
0: I told you I don't take that stuff. So I don't know why you did it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so uh I guess. Well, we, this is the scene I referenced in the beginning. This was. I I love how this movie opens with this like bloodbath rave. Yes. Uh,
3: it's it's the it's the like meat locker to rave, to bloodbath rave pipeline. It's right? like, really good. <laughs> I was watching it. And I was like,
1: I'm telling you, as someone who was actually in clubs in, uh, in San Francisco things? in 1999, that's just what they were like. I love it. I believe it, yeah. It was white people dressed in really thin clothing, Uh, a lot of lights, a lot of cocaine, a lot of vampires and sorcerers, and yeah. we would sometimes, when we were lucky, we would get some pure Christian kid and we would kill them and then, you know, use their blood as part of the confetti at the end of the night. <laughs> Um, just like in that scene so think like fish new year's but like it all the balloons are full of blood I so you know that's just sort of that was sort of that was most that was a very common thing in the 90s and <laughs> you know that's why gen x is the smallest generation some of us ate <laughs> the rest of us so you
0: know nothing to do with like the hiv aids crisis Not and that. queer communities or anything Not it's just so. from eating yeah, each absolutely other.
1: absolutely nothing yeah. like that no <laughs> Or the fact that they convinced white people that they solved racism, so there was no reason to pay attention. To what the fuck was happening in the ghettos,
0: right? Yep. And the war on drugs, on carceral system, none of that stuff. Just no, that but, was connected. That satanic panic eating people. That's what it was. Well... All those rituals. I mean,
1: at least when, at, <laughs> at least when I was around. I mean, you know, I I Love can it. only report what I saw and what I did. Yeah. Uh
0: but, but I do have <laughs> to say, like. The aesthetic of this movie—it was directed by a white person, written by a white person—but like so much, the aesthetic from everything about Blade to that rave scene, which has like this huge influence of club culture, which was very kind of origin in New York, uh, among Black and Latinx queer people, especially. So it's like the the just from the get go, the aesthetic of this movie is very queer very black and then that continues into things like the matrix or the first x-men movie when they're all wearing their little tight little x vests and stuff like that so
1: and i would also say some of the tone uh particularly of the cinematography is very like uh, john singleton from boys in the hood where it was like okay to start like really boys in the hood was like the first time where black people you it was okay to show the scars it wasn't like romanticized Mm -hmm. i mean you you really think about it like even in roots you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he looks like he's being whipped. He also looks like he's wearing a lot of fucking makeup in that scene. And like, and really like boys in the hood, John Singleton, you start getting this harsh lighting on black people. You start seeing like Denzel depicted in different ways that like, you would not see a Harry Belafonte or a, um, or, or, you know, others before, right? You just, it, it was just a different kind of feel, a different kind of cinematography, a different kind of camera angle. So you know, Blade really kind of shows up at the end of that, and, and even, like, like, you're noticing, even white, probably queer directors, <laughs> yeah, right, like, like kind of picked up on, like, oh, if I'm gonna have, if I'm gonna tell a story that centers around a, a black protagonist, right, then, then I have to have a certain kind of feel to it, and, 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 and those are some, and also leads to some of the awkward street moments,
2: hmm.
1: <laughs> and some of the really awkward lines they put in his mouth, Oh my god. <laughs> but 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 you know what I mean, that feel that cinematography, that 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 realism, that groundedness really kinda is becomes the, the concrete that they build the Marvel Universe on because you yeah. see all of that in Iron Man.
2: hmm All of that's
1: in Iron Man. Feige sees all that and he's like, Okay, this is what worked. Right? And he yep. and he really leans into that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah and the um but then the weird thing for me though is this i, I really think it wasn't until the spider-man movies which came out a few years after this that Mar- marvel or comic book book movies figured out how to do cgi right to match because this opening scene the cgi is the worst 90s cgi i've seen in a hot minute wow and so it's like wow. really juxtaposed with this like Really, like, like you're saying, cinematography. Starship
3: Troopers, I don't think I've seen Starship Troopers. What? Sorry, I started like Spider Man was my intro to comics, I think. Spider Man and then X Men, and then
0: well, Starship Troopers is its own, Starship Troopers is this like anti imperial. like it was based off this it's a satire yeah it's a satire but then it was turned into this like very satirical tongue-in-cheek this is the evils of horrors of war and the dangers of fascism in this like completely bonkers sci-fi action movie it is just so fun Mm -hmm. so definitely watch it denise richards oh my god casper bandine oh my god (laughs) it's the first movie i saw like nude men and in, Dixon, like on screen like oh yeah it, for like no so, reason like,
1: just like hey right? we, we're we gonna put dicks here because we can
0: hanging out in a shower we're just gonna have the dudes hanging out in the shower like a co-ed shower which i guess was kind of a cool oh super cool idea time. for the future yeah it was um, super cool
1: but, it was super cool everyone yeah. was gendered but it was cool yeah i was like where's the other showers but yeah
0: so, so I guess you're right. That CGI is definitely worse. Than yeah, the CGI. but yeah, it's really this fucking is a close bad. Second. No, no it,
1: it's epically bad. Like, because you're we're building up this like great cinematic kind of masterpiece or a little snapshot into this universe, right? But then, like, the opening scenes fucking.
0: Great. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, I love that can... kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, it really gives the movie a kind of like campy charm today, oh. even. So, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of the vampires, Quinn, played by Donald Luke was taken to the morgue after being set on fire. So also really bad CGI here, and then really bad makeup for him uh, for the rest of the time. Uh, but he resuscitates kills one of the medical examiners
3: after there's like attempted romance over the cadaver.
1: Listen, that happened to me at 1993 Jerry Garcia band show, and I just want to tell you you know, I I was just happy to get out of the morgue. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, listen, you guys can finish, but can I get out of this thing? (laughs) Like, so.
3: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Also, like, Curtis definitely becomes the ex that never leaves you alone. Like, the entire time, she's like, I thought we talked about this, and he's like, no, but there's this cool thing, which there actually is, and then he has to ruin it and be like, so.
0: Well, it does help this movie fit in well with the Twilight movies we're covering as well. Like <laughs> Wow. It's
3: wow. It's true. Wow.
1: As someone who lives here and is covered in glitter and no one gets the reference, it super pisses <laughs> me off. I wear like bioluminous <laughs> glitter every day in this area everyone's like, Why does he do that? I'm like, oh
0: Because
2: they're him. a vampire. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Ah. But you s- you don't have that oh <laughs> my god. I was just about to say, you don't have that, like, creepy factor, creepiness factor that the vampires, but then as soon as I was about to say that, that, you start licking your mic. I love it.
2: That's
0: what they are,
1: though. Like, the vampires are creepy as shit. I I would say they do a good job of making vampires creepy and sophisticated.
2: Mm. True. Which,
1: up until that point, I don't know if we got a movie that did that. Do we get Bram Stoker's yet? We didn't get we. I think we had had Brom Strokers, Dracula, yeah, up, up to that point, ninety
0: two, yeah. But.
1: Mm-hmm. but like that was really. Oh, we got fucking. Now I know what we got.
0: Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> we that got fucking Tom
1: Cruise ruining my favorite fucking <laughs> fucking literature porn in prison and juvenile prison i masturbated to a lot of ann rice man wow <laughs> right
2: <laughs> wow
1: oh, like my God. wow really into that world yeah wow that and you know but you know what my favorite love story was like this is how you this is how i knew i was queer was the um the one about the witches and like i read oh the mayfair or whatever May- those were No, you know the mayfair was really hey, Whatever those were. How fucking dare you, Pace? How fucking dare you? I was trying to lead into it, How whatever they were. Okay. We're not even going to continue this
2: conversation.
1: I... now you're well, bothering my smut, and I'm going to be an old lady soon, and I'm going to need it. So you just leave my smut alone. It. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Remember when your grandma called it smut? Oh, grandma, I love you. <laughs> The boy was watching smut. Well, grandma, I'm not a boy. <laughs> right? And I found it under your bed. So, we should go talk so to what mom. You doing?
3: Yeah. Do think about
1: it? <laughs> anyway, yes. I don't know if we went down a weird road there, but yes. They are effectively yeah. creepy. We only got Bram Stoker's. I can't think. Yeah, we got we got Tom Cruise, which I I, I'm not even gonna talk about that fucking movie. You know what? I'm gonna leave it alone. But- <laughs> we
3: do cover. We did cover interview with a vampire. We did with um, Alex Raby. We talked about. Wow,
1: wow! So a lot of a lot of energy there with Alex too. I'm I, Alex. Probably brought the. He, can I? Can I ask? Was Alex a fan of the movie?
0: I think we. I think he was a pretty good fan of the movie i was the one fan querying out over it because like you i also read the books and stuff so i think i was tipping the scale towards being like super fandom about it yeah. except i have to agree with you that there's some very weird casting choices weird i
1: also i, I was just gonna say because alex has big church of scientology energy you could tell <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sometimes because like because like he's got the like big youth minister like Scientology like Amway kind of vibes So like he the shit the shit great person great leader great peer I love it but sometimes he's just got like that real earnest energy where you're like what is this person trying to sell me <laughs> right which is how Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise makes me feel yeah. like I'm like Tom I just feel like Tom Cruise Every time he says a line, a movie, like the next line's going to be. And that's why we took over most
0: of your cities. Yeah. We're asking you not to leave your homes. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean... See, that movie has that movie. I feel like now I need to go back and add like Dianetics into our show notes. Oh, just because of that. my
1: God. Right. Oh, you know, because, you know, by that point, you could demand weird things. No, that's just not one of the principles. <laughs> fuck man anyway anyway no i'm sure that alex i'm sure alex was a great conversation partner for that i just like razzing on people
3: yeah it was fun though yeah so
1: so so what did you think of the movie did you like this movie pace did you like it emily did you like it i did wow that was tentative wow
3: (laughs) You know that's no, no, the, no. that's not
1: enthusiastic <laughs> consent. Just if you're if you're a cis male and you listen to this podcast and you're like what does enthusiastic consent sound like? It does not sound in any way
3: like <laughs> that. No, I there were some <laughs> there were some twists and turns that I was like, "Oh, I should have This is like vampires is not something that I've been really deep into so this has been like an entire season of deep diving into vampires for me so there's some stuff where i was like oh i should have seen that one coming that makes sense but i loved being able to see because i hadn't seen it before being able to see like oh that looks matrixy and then be like no the matrix looks bladey
2: yep (laughs) like
3: that that to be able to like tie those in with the ways that it connects and how living how kid. friends
1: is just living single with fucking weak ass characters <laughs> don't right. even fucking yeah. get me started
0: I yeah. I <laughs> love <laughs> <It is.
3: laughs> Friends, Friends has not aged well. not aged well.
0: well. No. Oh,
1: but, 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 but no, but, but, but what did you think of it, Pace? Like, did you like this movie? I just want to know, because this is like a childhood <laughs> favorite. Well, not childhood. No, I, I just acted like a child. I was actually in an a and going to jail. <laughs> shit,
2: but go
1: ahead.
0: Love this movie. Oh, we totally skipped over the first time we've seen it. So, yeah. that. So, I first saw this when I was like in high school. So, it was like maybe two years after it came out. Yeah, I dropped and out. I That's was, the age. That's it. <laughs> But I was obsessed with this movie, and like it was the first time I saw superheroes. It's the first time I saw superheroes look cool. Like, play, Like I, I like I said, I grew up with the Superman movie, so like very cheesy, campy, but fun. What, Richard Pryor but- was
1: in the fourth one? You saw one cool person.
0: I saw Richard Pryor, but he wasn't Superman. Superman. Richard Pryor was the coolest thing about that movie. He was definitely not of, Superman. Yeah, that movie was definitely terrible. not Christopher Reeves.
1: That movie was terrible.
0: <laughs> so, but um, yeah. So I I loved this movie, and I probably hadn't seen it like a good ten years, but coming back to it, aside from the cheesy CGI, like it holds up pretty well. Like by and large, I would say
1: I liked. It was the first time I had like I had seen it in the comics. Like you know. Blade had some weird technology, but you got to remember in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, Blade mostly just walked around with a wooden stake, which, yeah. you know, just... Yeah. I understand that he was like... <coughs> excuse me, that's a COVID. <coughs> <laughs> not anything else here in the fine state of Oregon. Um, <laughs> but, um... But, uh, that's not COVID, guys. I'm sorry. That was not fucking... <laughs> um... <laughs> it's probably long term COVID effects though, because like I take a vape of like nicotine and like I'm like wheezing now and I have to use a a thing. We probably all got weird shit we don't know about, right? Right. But um but yeah. but 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 you know it was the first time I saw like cool technology to kill vampires. You right. know, like Blade <laughs> walked around with like a wooden stake in the seventies and eighties and when I would look at those storylines like that shit is not believable. For one thing, no black man's gonna walk around leather jacket with like, cause he used to wear a leather jacket with like no shirt and like tight jeans. I was like, mm, his name's Blade, and <laughs> and he just walks around for wooden stake. I was like, somebody gonna kill this brother. Like I was just, you know, <laughs> like I was just like that. That brother's a dead man. I don't care if he has heightened senses and like a little bit of extra strength, yeah. but but then like after the 90s they started to give him cool technology because they like i get like i said they try to make him the black punisher of the vampire world and you see a lot of that at play in the movie and i just love some of the little technology stuff because that's the stuff we see later on in the amazing spot i mean i'm um, in the first spider-man movies like you look at the thing that they roll out to, that shoots the light to destroy the vampires and all that weird stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff the Green Goblin uses later. And yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, those are the pumpkin bombs, right? Because that's not how they looked um, before the movies. The pumpkin bombs looked like fucking pumpkins. They were terrible before the movies. <laughs> You know what I mean, and like so, so, so that stuff all comes from like these these folks who are like really starting to define well, what does the Marvel universe look like here, right? Mm -hmm. And they really started to treat it like a like one like a piece of the multiverse, right? And 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 let it have a sense of its own. I think what saved the MCU was the Ultimate Universe, and most people never read the Ultimate Marvel Universe. But the ultimate Marvel Universe is the basis for every character from the MCU. And so Mm -hmm. that's where you first see Nick Fury as a black man, because Nick Fury was a white dude from the 60s who smoked cigars and looked like Mr. Fantastic's like angry, like stepbrother. Who never went that's to college and like went
0: way to describe that? Yes. Like
1: went to Vietnam and like was real <laughs> fucked up by it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like 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 that's who Nick Fury was. And he would do things like roofie women, and people thought it was funny in the comics, right? Like Nick was yeah. fucking gross and and he was a spy and a snitch and a cop so i hated fucking nick fury but then they made him black in the ultimate universe and one of my first you know existential crises you know i was like i don't (laughs) want to like you and but he was like cool (laughs) because he was a fucking monster and i was like oh he's just like some weird overlord well a black guy could be that why not you know yeah um who's manipulating (laughs) everyone you know i'm into that and uh But a lot of the ultimate universe, I mean, the MCU is the ultimate Marvel universe, and Blade really gets fucking, you know, based off the movie and a lot of other cool ideas that becomes, I think, you know, part of the, it becomes part of the main MCU, um, MC comic universe, and I think it's going to be in the movies. So I I, I honestly think Blade's going to be a main member of the Avengers with Doctor Strange, Wanda it's going to be like the midnight suns or something almost
0: kind of team i love it i really hope so um and i agree with you about the uh ultimate Yeah. uh just because like that's also the first we had just for since we're already nerding out so much about comics just a little bit of queer history there we're like North. what's that fucker's name the Weird little twink that was their first gay character that Marvel oh, had. North, yeah. North something. North Star. I can't think of his North Star. Yeah. And then MCU's the first. Game. Yeah. And then we get MC- uh, the Ultimates, where I think it was uh, Iceman was gay and stuff. Iceman but- was gay. And queer. Colossus. Yeah. And just like the way that they depicted not this, like, super caricatured queer twinky, strung out on coke character that north star was but who's a badass get, like, this... now
1: who's a badass now leads up x factor and has a for real and, for real what well, yeah. but but he got a black boyfriend changed his <laughs> life he got a black boyfriend and now he has to have a penthouse at the top of the headquarters and like has I to have it. dinner at the table and when his nutty <laughs> friends come over they gotta act because you know it's kitchen table kind of shit Right? Yeah. Yo, one of the most interesting things is the poly relationship between Wolverine, Marvel Girl, and Cyclops. Yeah, they're all living in yeah. the same house and they've been retire and every once in a while they all retire to the same bedroom. And sometimes Cyclops and Wolverine retire there by themselves.
0: Mhm. I love just the pure joy i've had from the memes of that triad relationship oh. where they go back to the 90s cartoon oh. and pull up like <laughs> that love triangle and memified it now i just love it yeah it's, um, it's
1: super good but but no i mean like yeah the the ultimate universe really uh i don't know did did are we saying blade created
0: the ultimate universe i think so first to hear hear y'all but i agree that's it <laughs> and it created the fucking matrix like and but like you're saying like the Punisher, like just the i love now that silver bullets don't kill just werewolves but can also kill vampires that we get in this which I know mm-hmm. silver has been harmful for vampires but for them to like explode in that really bad CGI yeah I love is that is new <laughs> to this I love that uh, <laughs> that's that's whenever they get that's one of the
1: highlights of the film <laughs> Um you know I, I don't know if like the scenes were like you know Wesley Snipes a preternatural creature why is he working out right that's like when I see Thor lifting weights why stop <laughs> bro we get it we fucking get it <laughs> like, right but you'll just like I in mean, the 90s you would see him in the comics like lifting weights next to the hall yeah what the fuck is going on here what is happening <laughs> you know what i mean Right.
3: i mean it's refreshing to have the like partially naked people be men yeah occasionally
1: yeah i'm into that like, i'm into that look you're not getting any complaints <laughs> i just want all the naked people i understand the the quest for parody uh i don't have i'm not attached to, to 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 gender in really any way and so just if everyone was naked most of the movie i'd be into it but i understand <laughs> the quest for parody and 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 like look and like uh, particularly in the nineties, I mean female characters were hyper sexualized there is a mm-hmm. there is a lady of the x men swimsuit issue that they still quietly <laughs> release. yeah, they still quiet the ladies of Marvel now, the last one was like a gag where wow. it was like super empowering, written by women, and like the cover was like one way, then you opened it and was like, ha got you nerd but. <laughs> But, you know, they I mean, they they seriously, especially after Lee Field and some of the other artists who really kind of like over sexualized women, um, you know, like uh, you really start to see like uh, the guy who, who drew cable and X-Force and shit. Then he ends up yeah, dr- yeah. he ends up creating Spawn, but like um, and he was the guy who did like uh, and and then there was the other guy over at Spider-Man who like he was the first one to put like Peter's legs above his head. <laughs> they're like they are yeah. like how do you think of that? I was like, I know how he thought it. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like
2: <laughs> I
1: know what oh made
0: him think of that. Yeah, I feel like now th- this is um we just need to have you come back and we're just going to have to have like a full mini so just devoted to like comics comics because this is like i'm telling you it is it is
1: it is is young's archetypes played out um for the american consciousness and the fact that the marvel movies i've been saying that consistently for probably about 15 years and the fact that these movies have and everything is taken off is just proof positive and we need god's we need gods. Yeah. We need we need and we need elevated ancestors. We need heroes. We need we need a Hercules. We, we 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 need a Gilgamesh. We 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 need a Joan of Arc. We we we, 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 we need a Saint Brigitte. We need right we, we need these things, right? We know it, right? And and art art art's the only place where we let it happen anymore in this empire. Yeah, and so uh you know to see it take off in the marvel universe like i'm making fun of what dc's gonna do but flashpoint's one of the coolest fucking storylines ever and if they pull it off they're gonna have all 52 worlds to play around with now and it's gonna be yeah, cool. Yeah. cool right right yeah. and then and, and the new batman movie if you haven't seen it fucking run and see it it's good
3: yeah it's
0: really good
3: Ooh. i mean we really probably
0: should see it i
3: mean we should because we're doing twilight so we
0: need to yeah
3: it's, it's really good.
2: Series. He's a really
1: good Batman. He, listen, huh. listen, think about everything you hate about him. Think about it first. Hold that image, yeah. right? Okay. Now think about how they've been playing Batman since Nolan, right? And this is why Athlete didn't fit. Batman is really a traumatized billionaire using his toys at his disposable. To take out his trauma on the poor and the broken, right? Mm-hmm. And they really, you know, like other like the Dark Knight got close to it, where for a moment you saw, like, you know, where where he has Joker tied up and he's like, "Kill you," <laughs> he's like, "Kill you," he's like, "I feel fucking alive around you," you know, like,
2: mm. "I'm not gonna kill you,"
1: <laughs> right? Yep. That 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 insanity in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. that is Batman and that's not just Joker right in the movies they always put that's only his relationship and the comics they've played it up but that is Batman and truth is the story of Gotham is they were all just regular gangsters then Batman hits the scene he starts traumatizing fucking people and these traumatized people start putting together their own fucking disassociated fucking personalities to fucking combat him and like he's creating with billions of fucking dollars in the comics, he's tried to murder all his friends. Um, he he had a file to kill every member of the Justice League, kept it in a computer. Right. That wasn't going to be a problem, right? You know what I mean? He he has over yeah. and over again consistently lied, um, right. and, and he's been proven to be a fucking sociopath in the comics. Yeah. And so the this movie shows you a young Bruce who's not sure of his skills. He's only a year and a half into his skills. Two years, right? He's not Mm -hmm. anything in Gotham but a rich kid that no one fucking knows, whose parents were murdered, who looks like he's on fucking heroin. And the way he moves through Gotham, he is a vicious killer, barely restraining himself at all times. Mm -hmm. And and he's up against other vicious killers, and no one's a hero in this situation, except for maybe uh uh zoe kravitz fucking catwoman which is amazing in the film that's (laughs)
0: why i wanted to ask was how she i imagine she would be amazing because like that's my real question is how do they do catwoman Uh, and i just heard so many good things
1: selena is selena Mm. selena is a woman of color trying to survive the collapse of an empire yeah by any means necessary who ran into a, a dude who she sees as a kindred soul, but knows he's gonna fucking die. He's gonna yeah. fucking die, and he's a fool, mm. and treats him as such. Yeah. So there's this like that, and that dynamic is like really good, and it it really is like I you know I mean it's in my top. I'd say Dark Knight. Um, Dark Knight's probably my favorite Batman film, but this is easily number two now.
0: Oh wow, nice. we did last. A season, we did an episode on Batman Returns, which is my favorite Batman movie thus to the, thus point. And I think because a lot of what you're saying, I think comes from Tim Burton's take on mm-hmm. Batman, but especially in that one where Batman is clearly a deranged person, and the foil for him is this also rich billionaire Max Shrek. So that for the first time ever, we get to see like Bruce Wayne attack somebody on as Bruce Wayne, who's also a billionaire, but then we get to see they're both of their um unhinged sides as well and so so i just love that i feel like i feel like everything you're saying i think kind of has this impetus there and i just love oh yeah i mean i love that
1: burton burton played on the campy side but after a while when they kept going to him he's like all right i'm going to show bruce for what he is then
0: you know yeah.
1: um yeah. and and i i thought that was really brilliant i think nolan was just like the mask is off
0: yeah. everyone knows
1: billionaires are pieces of shit Right. I mean Nolan, you know, you know, Burton had a a steeper hill to climb to sell tickets. Yeah, yeah. If being a billionaire was inherently bad. Nolan could play with that idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Th- this new director is like this dude's a fucking piece of shit. I
3: can't wait. <laughs> it's just okay.
0: like, you're just like
1: okay. I'm excited for it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. like, oh yeah. You're not making him look good at all, are you? You're making and and his choices. Although analytical, mathematical, great investigation. It's a it's a detective's movie, which is who Batman is supposed to be—the world's greatest detective. Which is why the rest of the heroes put up with him. Um. Mm. And so you get to see that side of him. Um. And I think they're gonna grow on that. And it's, you know, so in that sense, it's Batman year, year two, not year one, Um, Nolan. And this is what they're playing on. Nolan used the basis of Batman year one for Batman Begins, right, Mm. where they kind of go back and they're like, no, Batman didn't just appear on the scene with these skills because he was rich and he went to classes like he learned from the fucking League of Shadows and like all these other people. And so it kind of grounded you in that. Well, well, well. This is more like Batman Year Two and Batman Year, which was another series where the Riddler takes over the city, and so um, the Riddler is the main antagonist in this film, um, in which I think the, the the previews make very clear. Um, but he's not alone. I mean, the it's a full rogues gallery in a lot of ways, right? It's Gotham, right? Yeah. So you can't mm-hmm. you can't get in a shootout and fucking you know go bursting into one club or go flying through a bar or get into a fight on the street without some other gotham character yeah yeah and so yeah. there's a lot of that interplay where you're like wow this is a seething environment too like it doesn't feel like there's one person because a lot of superhero movies did this shit too where they're like they defeat one villain and then the hint of the next one comes and you're like you fuck off mm-hmm right like I this is like... a flash gordon fuck off although much respect to flash gordon the gayest and most amazing thing of my childhood was that oh my God. Oh, that flash gordon movie i am fucking emperor ming motherfucker
0: i <laughs> <laughs> love it so i feel what i'm hearing is that lenny and i we need to start a sp- spin-off of our spin-off podcast called comic nerds at church and just go. go on this forever Oh, my God. But with both of our ADHD combined, we'll never get an episode episode
1: out. out. Yeah. Well, you know, and and Lenny Duncan coming soon with possible autism. So, you know, just added
0: for extra effect. (laughs) (laughs) Me, too. Yay. Look at all of us. You know what it
1: is? It's just like being honest. Like in the 90s, I know my parents took me to a place and I know there was a name attached to that stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, the big thing I write about it in my um, I, I have a paperback copy of United States of Grace dropping in June. And um, then I have a new book coming out, which it is a follow-up to Dear Church. Um, it's called Dear Revolutionaries, A Field Guide for the World Beyond the Church. I say it tentatively because I feel like the publisher fucking bamboozled me into writing this. Um, I was right. No, not in a good way, but like, okay, not, not yeah. like I'm in an angry way, but like I was supposed to be doing something else. And they were like, hey, you remember that follow-up <laughs> to Dear Church you were never going to write? we're looking yeah. at this and you know you're about 150 pages in. it looks like a follow-up you I know and i was like god damn it did they trick me i, I can never <laughs> tell right as a neurodiverse person you're like did i make this yeah. decision mm-hmm. it's
3: just me? Or system, you know, is
1: right and so but you know I, it's also the creative process right sometimes you're not making the decision i know for me when i'm at my best as a writer i'm just a channel Like that, that I'm just the antenna. The stuff flows through me. They're not my words. I'm just lucky enough that I get to experience them. Right. And often when I write stuff, I mean, when I go through the first draft, there's whole sections. I have no idea. I wrote, if not whole chapters. Um, And often if you come to one of my book readings, I usually only read the bare minimum, the first draft, and then whatever corrections I need to make for copy edit. And so sometimes if you come to like the first like couple, weeks of one of my book readings i'm experiencing my book for the first time with you Mm. in that Mm way um yeah because of my writing style because i so anyway i do have a lot of stuff coming out um i added ten thousand words to the paperback of united states of grace i added a new afterword called an autopsy of the republic um where i talk about everything that i if you if you read united states of grace i left off on may 25th may 28th 2020 May 30th, mm-hmm. uh, 2020, I started serving for the BIPOC Faith Leaders Council for Black Lives um, as the chaplain to uh, on-the-ground activists and movement leaders, particularly black leaders, uh, um, and have been doing that continuously for a little bit, cl- coming up on 700 days um, as their chaplain, um, and officially named by, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? If, if, if you know, you know. mm mm-hmm. But doing it for the BIPOC Faith Leaders Council here <clears throat> for Black <laughs> Lives. And, um, and so uh, the new afterward picks up, right, from May 28th, 2020 to now. You know, May 28th, 2020, I was married. Um, I was a pastor of a, 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 a very exciting new uh, startup. Um, and I had a four-year endowment that I left. So I was an endowed pastor. And the endowment was just for me. No one else. And, um, and, you know, you find me today, right? Divorced. Uh, not serving in an official call of the ELCA. Possibly going on a witch trial, literally, in May. um, and, and with a very different place, right? And the book starts out with me talking about how it's a defense of the Republic and by the Republic, I mean the people of this nation. From the perspective mm-hmm. of someone who never had the rights of one of its citizens and I espouse these really lofty ideals. And then like, really you get 10,000 words in the paperback of like, what was it like to apply those ideals for two years? And what did I lose? Mm. What was the price I paid? And you know, was it worth it? And so I kind of wrestled with some of those. Um And then in January, so right after that, July, you get a book from, you know, a kind of like basically, I don't know, it was 38,000 words. So There's 10,000 more. So you get a third of a new book from me in July. I've been a little busy. And then you get a new, <laughs> you, you get a little, you get a new book from me in January, which is, uh, uh, Dear Revolutionaries, a field guide for the world beyond the church. Um, basically I take a lot of the stuff that I do as my personal practice and that I teach people to do in my work, uh, here, uh, working in like the temporal autonomous zones or working with mutual aid collectives or working with, um, counter systems and sometimes some of the community defense folks, the medic blocks, uh, just some of the, some of the practices that, that we've done that, that, that weren't necessarily religious, um, but, or, or even attached to Christianity, but, but, but were ways that they were able to connect. Right. And, 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 and how did I do that process? And so, um, uh, that's what this book is so i talk about some of the things like i take like maybe like a couple lines from dear church and like basically i'm like wow i was written for a different fucking world <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah. right and i'm like here's some shit, right that i've been doing and so like the first thing we do is like you know uh you know like we we start talking about ancestral practice right while we start talking about some of the systemic failures we see around us and some of the things we've seen uh, happening all around, we we wrestle with the idea of Western empiric- empiricism or, or, or Western Enlightenment thought, and its deterious effects on Christianity. Can we even salvage anything? And it's really based on the premises that the church is no longer God's chosen vessel on earth,
2: hmm.
1: Hmm. that the people are, and if the uh, people have left the church, well, then there's stuff to do, and also yeah. to the fact that you know. While black people faced an existential crisis that the entire world recognized, while you were stuck in your homes, uh, worried if you were going to live or die. uh, While uh, the government told you to sacrifice uh, uh, Mima and peepaw on the altar of capitalism, uh, the church told you, you better not do communion at home. The church told you, if you want to mm-hmm. bury your peepaw, who we told you, you should just go to work, and, and then you came home and you brought this shit home, and now your is dead, well, now we can't give you the right so you know they're in heaven. You're going to have to wait until we feel safe. Then, they say, right, and you can just go on and on, right? And and what was the deal? Mm-hmm. Who were they defending? Right. And, 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 and I got to tell you, as a pastor, they were defending us. The bishops acted like union bosses. Instead of giving the people what they needed, here is a communion at home, officially licensed until, in, until further notice, way to do communion at home. And if it's in your heart to give to your local congregation, you see what's happening in the world. But instead of treating people like Christians or like the priesthood of all believers and thinking that they had the ability to actually build community at a time of desperate need. It was like there's
3: something so powerful about communion at home in the midst of nobody can touch each other. How (laughs) about how about in a world that's falling apart?
1: it, it, It would be nice if someone on your block knew how to bury our dead. Right. I mean it's it's just insane to me. And the bishops did this because they were taught, they were groomed, they were encultured to defend the, the 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 position of the minister. Well, as someone who happily signed on for two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, knowing they were in the last generation of professional paid ministers, fucking cut it out, bishops. And let and us, be like, le- do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we love the church. Let us give the church a proper burial, you savages, while you eat upon her body. Right? And, like, let us teach the people how to be equipped so they can work with the spirit and the next thing emerges. But instead of doing mm-hmm. that, they double down on all their bullshit. You know? Yeah. And so this book is for, like, in case that shit happens again. Yeah. And that's really what Dear Revolutionaries is about. It's about in case these people who ain't never done shit have never, ever, ever sided with the people. Right. And it's not them as individuals. I'm talking about the group itself. And listen, I sit on the BIPOC Faith Leaders Council. We have not ever made a move unless we were all in perfect agreement. And I know how difficult that is intergenerationally, interdenominationally, interfaith, and with varying degrees of, uh, of power analysis, buy-in, and the ability to take risks. So don't give me any shit. It's hard to work with groups. I work with. I've been organizing the whole time, just because I don't wear it on my sleeve or tweet about it. You know what I mean? You, you know, I, mm-hmm. I challenge any of the bishops. Fly to Portland, Oregon, and ask around, or just call Lori. She knows, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and 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 so, don't give me that crap, right? But, 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 but really, it's. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's such a stunning failure. And this is why the ELCA is suffering right now, by the way. That's why I'm talking about this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it was a, a critical time in the, in, 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 in the story, the, the, the unfolding and continuing unfolding story of human liberty and human freedom and human dignity. And in particular, mainline church And, you know, listen, I was on a Zoom call with the uh, with the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church and said the same thing to him. It's not just us. I don't care. It's not just us. And I say us. We I did it. Everyone did it. We all did it. Right. But 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 the truth is, is like we failed like the humanity at a critical time. And no wonder no one believes anything we have to say. And if only someone had ran around for four years warning them about Christo-fascism and white supremacy destroying this church. And it wasn't just me. It was dozens upon dozens upon dozens of black and brown women, mostly, and femmes. And then white people listened to my ass because I was male enough and light-skinned enough, but, you know, and almost tolerable. So, you know... Like, the ELCA knew what the deal was from the beginning. They knew that this was going to happen. They knew that they were poorly positioned. Um, Eaton knew that, that, that she had made several moves that had consolidated power but had removed all responsibility from her. You know, and it, and it goes on and on, right? And so this book is an answer to that. So if you're sitting at home a couple years from now and you want to make sure you have spiritual community, you've already been doing the practices that they never taught us in seminary. By the way, they never teach your pastors how to actually take care of their own spirits. They never teach them how to have an altar at home. They never teach them to have a practice at home. They never teach them how to meditate. They never teach them how to pray for others. They never show them the basics of spiritual walks not once they have one class called spiritual discernment and or, or, or spiritual, um, uh, 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 what do they call it in spiritual, uh, 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 spirituality yeah. basically, there's, or yeah, theology. Like it's, one class that does yeah. it's like one yeah. class, you that get like four or five dry it. ass books. And some dude, I actually did really well. Um, I, I ended up with a guy who's the head of my department now, but like other, you know, like, they, It's not a great course in most seminaries, right? It's just not, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's also the practices we need because we've been falling apart. And and who's going to say anything about that? Who's going to say anything about a generation of pastors who were subjected to fascists, to the rise of fascism, because the head of our denominations didn't want to make waves because that might cut on ties. And here's the thing. You have to start to wonder, are they hedging their bets? Is the ELCA like, well, maybe we will let black people and queers die. Maybe fascism will win and we got to keep going. At this point, you have to wonder without any clear statements, Uh, without any clear action, without any change. Maybe they're hedging their bets. Other people are. Other people are.
0: I think that's exactly it. Because like... From the beginning, it's always been we would rather lose have the queer people leave our church and the black people leave our church than we would to have the white people leave. It's like from the beginning, it's always been, if they have to draw a line, the queer people are on one side of the line Mm -hmm. and the black people are on one side of the line and they just don't care. Our Latin sibling as like, you know, we're
1: seeing with this whole Nelson thing, right? Oh God, yeah. As we're seeing that play out, right? And then, you know, and then, you know, uh, let's not even talk about how like uh, Asian or South Asian, like particularly femmes. I mean, some of us have friends in these circles. We know how they're treated, right? Like, you know, and and, and and what's heartbreaking, and this is the heartbreaking part, is that like in a minute, in a minute, if you would have asked us two years ago, any of us, because there's about 250 of us who probably, I think between us, have close to an answer for this church, Mm-hmm. Right. If two years ago, three years ago, you just, if, if, if Elizabeth Eaton, the right reverend and presiding bishop Elizabeth Eaton, would have called us all to her. And she knows who we are with that bullshit. She knows who we are. If she would have called us and said, team, we know we have failed you and we failed like the church. And we don't have a vision for a way forward. And we don't know if we're going to implement your vision. But we're going to give you an opportunity to present it to the people. And put it together. Not everyone would have done it. But enough of us.
2: Yeah.
1: Enough of us would have done it with sincerity. And true heart. And forthrightness. And truly in line with our ordination vows. But it's not yeah. two fucking years ago now. And. That's just the truth. The world has changed, and the church refused to change with it.
2: Yeah,
1: for real. And that's the sad thing. So I, you know, I, I I don't know exactly what's going on. I just look every once in a while, and I'm like, holy shit! I'm like, wow, y- y- there is a black woman somewhere. And I, you know, I suspect it's probably a couple women I used to serve at Ju Stable. Like, I suspect it's a couple, I I suspect it's actually this one woman. (laughs) Sister Beryl. I swear to God, it's Sister Beryl. I swear to God, somewhere Sister Beryl is praying for justice in the ELCA because it was one of the big things we talked about. And that's, and and women like her everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. not a lot. It's just like, it's just a chorus of, of mamas somewhere. I can hear them sometimes in my sleep you know, just singing songs of freedom, singing songs of salvation, singing songs that, that, that make you want to go to the, to the, to, to the hush Harbor of your soul. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, you know, your home, right. Those places, you know, those places. And, 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 and I think those women have finally turned. I think those women's, those women's prayers have finally turned against, I think they've lost those people and they don't have, they have no idea in this church about the ancestral energy of the, those women who sacrificed some of them 50, 60 years to this church. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, um, you know, they they got something to reckon with, you know what I mean? And they're not going to get my credentials Mm -hmm. easily. So, you know, they can come for that all they want. I wrote quite the response and my Bishop's a great guy. He didn't, he, he just told me what people were concerned about, which is a nice thing for him to do. And I posted a very public response that you know my belief in EFA, so-called belief that the idea that culture religion language mathematics society and uh that any of these things are separate is a white concept so i, I refuse mm. that it's not an african understanding it's not my people's understanding and you say how can that be your people's well 78 percent of uh, uh uh descendants of slave in america are from a european tribe so yes yeah, 78 chance it's mine oh and did the genetics is so you know, like, mm-hmm. right? I, I refuse to take these understandings, right? And so, like, for, for, yeah. for you to say, I'm not a Christian because I do this. well, Okay, you're not a Christian because you do that. Why do you have a bank account? Why do you have savings?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Why do you have to say, why are you yeah. married? Creep, you're a bishop. Why are you married? Paul said, don't do that. Yeah, man, it's better for you not to be married. You should stay. you should not be married, bishop. Right? None of that shit <laughs> applies.
0: Yeah. Yeah
2: yeah
1: anyway blade <laughs>
2: anyway,
0: yeah. The there is
1: some great erotic scenes though
0: i know i i feel like i'm just gonna skip the rest of the summary but just to say that scene where they are literally like having he is sucking her blood but there is like orgasming happening in that scene oh
3: that is a sex scene it's, yeah. that it is,
0: is it's hot the way it shot everything about that scene it is sex it's hot
3: and in the meantime, there's also vampire pterodactyl skeletons.
1: Oh yes. Which I'm super into. I'm super into that. I'm super into the fact that okay. the vampires are really descended from the lizard side. <laughs> what kind of like vibes, okay. it's kinda of like it's like vampires are your lizard brain. And you're like, okay.
0: I love it. Okay. Or like we could get into like the QAnon stuff with like the lizard people who run the country. So vampires are like the lizard people descended from the
3: <laughs> i mean we have talked about anti-semitism and how vampires are portrayed so
1: well that they that's true Well, frankenstein mary shelley was all about keeping the slavs out of europe mm. how's that for your feminist hero <laughs> <laughs> right yeah Brutal, right? Brutal. It's brutal, but yeah, Yeah. vampires are another way of depicting Slavic people and Jewish people, and it's actually an anti-Semitic trope.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So, Blade! Blade.
3: (laughs) Blade! So One of the things that we've been doing throughout each of the episodes this season is to talk about how, to talk about vampire lore and how that shows up in the movie. Like, what we learn about vampires from the movie and then at the end in our vampire retrospectives we'll kind of compile all of the information and contrasting information but um well I like how they yeah, continue so,
1: on the the whole Bram Stoker like if you don't believe in it it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. I like they're basically like yeah. no one believes in this shit so it doesn't work. Kind of vibes. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they're not going <laughs> yeah. to crucifixes. Yeah. They're going to like fucking ARs,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, yeah. What's that say about um, where the country was? You think that you think that 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 moviegoers would think it was more believable that someone's gun could stop a vampire versus someone's faith? Right.
3: I mean, that was that was right around Columbine. Yeah. Mm. yeah and right before nine eleven
1: yeah
3: yep so yeah that's I wanna say that three, right before nine uh, eleven
1: we knew white people were fucking vampires, and only black people could save us. We were mistaken that we thought it might be Wesley Snipes, but black people were pretty close,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and so crosses are crucifixes are pointless. But I think it's fascinating that, like, so silver comes up as, which we mentioned, as, like, one of the main ways that you can harm a vampire. Um, and I think in, which is, out of the episodes we've done, this is, like, the first time that that's.
1: It's just it's weird because it's, be it's really it. a play on iron iron. Iron, pure iron or steel or Damascus steel was always legendary for it is good for disrupting evil or ethereal energy mm. or magical energy or vampires so iron was always you know the thing and then uh in movies because of werewolves and i don't know where the fucking silver came for werewolves either right it was always yeah. iron for yeah. werewolves like you know this idea that uh silver could take them out
3: yeah which like silver has antibacterial properties so maybe they're back i was
1: hanging out with a lady in florida <laughs> recently which sounds dangerous and it is and, <laughs> and um and she had silver on tap silver water on tap like an alchemist i was like oh wow i was like wowie kazowie kids
3: what is happening <laughs> down here yeah yeah i do think it's interesting in that time period when we were like getting into i don't know when sunscreen really took but like my childhood as a very pale white person was filled with reminders about sunscreen and sunglasses and so this idea that it was like
1: like a psa for that shit
3: yeah right because it's like
1: it was like check your future white (laughs) people yeah like you
3: can shoot them with a uv gun but then like if you put sunblock on your
1: fine yo the fucking post-colonial take on blade is is that it's really white people's future where they have to put on all this shit just to walk outside and every once in a while (laughs) just one black person who could walk around just shoots them in the head oh there's one
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm cool with that future providing i can also like be disintegrated into equally bad cgi oh absolutely as long as that's Absolutely. part of we'll, it, I'm cool
2: we, with we'll,
1: it we'll, we'll build yeah. that into the program <laughs> okay cool yep. yeah um
3: and they're the only like real appearance stuff with them right is that they get fangs when they eat or are aroused yeah kind of what it seems or like. like and angry. then they can make their nails sharp a little angry yeah, like angry.
1: <laughs> i love that <laughs> that's like very lost boys you know, what right. I mean? it's very Lost Boys yeah. where they're like, because Lost Boys really influenced this too, right? Because like the main, yeah. villain, the blonde guy, it's like basically uh, the dude from Lost Boys, but grown up. It's like, he, yeah, Keith, or Sun- it's, it's like Keith like or Sutherland, but he left, he, yeah, he left LA it. and now he's like part of a vampire coven. He's a badass. like, that's kind of like the it. vibes and like that whole scene where he's like, do you want an appetizer? And they pull out the joint and you can see a little bit of his fangs. That's kind of the vibes I get when the 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 male appearing or or male portrayed characters like flash their fangs in anger. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like punk kid pulling out a switchblade kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> oh man, no Christianity. Christianity doesn't do shit, which is real garlic yep, nothing right except for like weird garlic super powder fucking shit and
3: yeah this is that was i feel like that was
0: did that actually work because she used it basically like mace i feel like that was just a um I don't feel like that was actually effective. He just gave it to her because he was setting her up so that way she'd feel safe or something.
3: Uh, no, but then she used it later on Yeah, one of yeah. The women
1: vampires.
3: Oh, you're right. You're work. right.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, but
2: I think okay. Whistler's right. like, I added silver to your garlic mace or something. Like, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: Silver garlic yeah. mace now, bro? bro. That, I feel like that's what it was. I feel like they're vampires and you yeah. would just do better with like Agent Orange or some phosphorus in a can. I don't know Like you know Like there's just Lots of other A uh, Moltov They catch fire Like just go All Zelensky <laughs> on right. their ass like, You know Like yeah. fuck it I'm glad I'm just saying Go Zelensky with Moltovs Because that shit Used to be associated With black people So the more y'all associate it with Ukrainians I'm into it <laughs> I'm just like Yeah that's Very a good. Zelensky yeah. You See how they burn That shit down
2: <laughs> Yeah Yeah <laughs>
3: It's,
2: so
1: superpowers, super, yeah, power, super okay. strong, right? They can fly and shit.
3: Yeah, they can like do fancy flying gymnasticky things, and they can regenerate and heal. That
0: they basically like... are the Matrix before the Matrix. With their vampire powers. I don't.
3: the Matrix, Matrix.
1: I I noticed that you guys talked about some of the deep theological stuff in the notes and like what what is the theology of Blade that only black people can save us, but only if they're the victim of like white supremacy, like me, or like. Yeah. Is that so? The, so it's <laughs> is it the exceptional like mulatto? Is that the story? Even though like Wesley Snipes is fucking dark as fuck so like that is, makes no sense
3: to me as a, <laughs> as a person like, i mean it's it's the somebody posted about it the other day that like women black women who are cast tend to be the lighter the skin the more they're cast and black men the darker the skin they're more they're cast in hollywood because it plays weird. into right it plays into the blacker the man the more, because they're usually portrayed in like violent, the stronger or they are. Assertive. Yeah. Or, yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's the all... women, the lighter skinned women are portrayed nowadays, are more likely to be portrayed as like the protagonist or the good one or the yeah. beautiful one Listen, or...
1: that shit is so fucked yeah. up i've been talking about that shit since i was a kid and it's hard to even divest yourself of it like even when you're like consciously aware of it every day it's it's fucked up yeah. you know i'm glad i'm a writer and people don't see me most of the time yeah you know, that shit is weird so i i don't know i i i think uh that there's hope Um, and that the I I really think blades about uh, white people destroying the environment and the world that black people have to survive in. But that's me. It seems like a very like they're saying something about the environment in this piece. That's kind of stunning.
3: Yeah. Well, and they even at one point like they just like pick up and tear out a plant. I don't know why, but I remember (laughs) like watching it and writing down the note like. Why did they kill the plant? But, like, it's part of this larger, right? Like, the things that don't serve this particular goal of white vampires, whatever.
1: Oh, I love it. Are
3: completely expendable.
1: I love it. The first thing a white person does, too, when they have, like, a little bit of that sunscreen shit is go gri- grip a kid up.
2: <laughs> fucking playground.
1: Oh, God. That's, like, the first. That, if, hmm. if that's his first instinct. Let me fucking threaten a child.
2: You're like, wow, right? wow,
0: <laughs> but then it also becomes really weird too because of the queer coding of the vampires. So then it's like, of course, this queer coded person is going to immediately go attack a child. Oh no, man, that's what queer people do. Oh,
1: there's layers upon layers upon layers, right? And or the <laughs> fact that like Blade probably could have used a little bit of his mentorship. And, like, does that mean, like, there was, like, this moment where, like, Blade's like, am I going to bottom for you? No! You know? (laughs) And, like, and and you're like, whoa, whoa. You could have bottomed. It had been a cool excursion for 10 minutes, better than some of the CGI, but okay, move on. (laughs) I was taught that you try something three times, and then you can decide if you don't like it.
3: That's what my mom taught me, too. Yeah,
1: I tried everything three times. That's how I know what I am. (laughs) anyway but yeah there's like some of that right there's like you're like oh that that was unnecessary that was really unnecessary well
3: there there were like other ways too that i enjoyed the queer coding right the like playing the who's a vampire game i have played that like can you spot the queer ones it's much harder to play i imagine where you are lenny because flannel is like Is it a lesbian or is it Pacific Northwest?
1: Well, there's a lot of that, but I would say, and I just got to be honest with you. I'll just give you, I'll just tell you, this will tell you what queer culture is like here. On Tinder, the average straight white woman's profile says monogamous, sorry, straight, (laughs) looking for men by men i mean people who live out their lives as men love you and respect you please don't get mad at me i just have a particular taste this is a straight person apologizing for their taste and you see and every other fucking tinder profiles
3: like that that's fantastic i i like to see the like this has yeah. be there every to other like, like
1: Every, I mean, I could, I could pull up my phone right now and we could find four Whereas they're like, I'm sorry, guys, just looking for like my forever. I know that's weird here. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like mad different now. And like, and like, and and, and like it already had this queer culture, but then like, instead of like it being like polyamorous picnics with like kids running around, it's people logged in their locked in their houses. So it just has like this different kind of like yeah. so like you know all social media is flooded with this shit and like and 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 so like it's to the point where every i'd say 50 percent of white straight women have their profiles apologizing for not being queer for not being anti-racist mm-hmm. <laughs> like like they literally say stuff like, like hey i believe black lives matter but like you know maybe there's more and like you know like and, and then you can tell like their profile changes <laughs> like a week later like it's just like it's very different here in that sense so yeah it, it, you could tell the queer folks because it's almost everyone
3: <laughs> that's fair that's fair midwest it's a little harder oh yeah
1: midwest they're, is like mm, is this gonna am, am i gonna get lynched in this barn them? or am i gonna meet a new friend
0: yes yeah. <laughs> we real about-
3: though like Two years ago. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. I've
1: I've I have I've I have made out with boys in the Midwest. It's hard.
0: Oh, that story in um your that story in United States of Grace. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Saint Nobody.
1: Yeah. You know, I commissioned an indigenous artist to do a piece of art for that that's in the new book. And um yeah, yeah. yeah, My first crush if you haven't read the book, it's about my first crush and Mm -hmm. um and uh this really traumatizing event where we were picked up by a bunch of guys who like basically take us out in the woods to kill us. And I jump out the car and I never see the kid again. And it's like what uh, recollections I have of that. Um, yeah. Um, and like, you know, all those things. And like and like how I think about that kid, like at least once a week. Um, I mm-hmm. think of his eyes. I can't remember his name. His name is like blanked out. It's like, you know, stuff that trauma does, right? yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he was just a kid i had met like the day before by the side of the road we were just hitchhiking together and like we kept each other warm in the morning light sleeping by the side of a exit and it's this really like moment in like my queer adolescence where like,
2: i'm in love with this boy and i don't know it
1: and then, like he's taken from me. Now, now he he probably survived, maybe just some, you know, like and whatever survival means, because it didn't look yeah. like, you know, anything nice was gonna happen to him, right? Yeah. But um, I jumped out the car and ran into the woods because you know, just being, you know, my upbringing, like I I recognized the danger almost immediately and was all aw- and was angling for a way out while, um, you know, and I talk about the guilt of that, right? Survivors guilt. Mm-hmm. right and like how you can't tell a story like that right it's hard to tell a story when you're like 14 years old and houseless and black in georgia and you're like wake up and you smell like booze and you're covering puke and you're in a national forest you're like no i was just with someone i swear these guys took them what do they look like you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so i did all that yeah. i did go to the authorities um and they let me go, and and because uh, you know who do you believe, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like you mm-hmm. know, in the nineties, for me, were full of stories like that. You know, my friends would be taken away to reparative th- therapy camps. I don't say that shit lightly. And they were, they were chemically castrated. They would come back with shaved heads and like fucking weird ideas about life. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. just pump them full of thorazine so they can no longer sexually get it up you know and and this was stuff that would happen all the time and that's why like you know i was very suspicious of the church because i would see the pastors who did that shit who ran around with like dog the bounty hunter type dudes and thought they were doing god's work and how they treated us when no one was looking you know um Mm -hmm. and so you know um yeah but yeah that 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 uh that you know i call him saint nobody um you know because uh He's become a, a symbol for that time, um, where yeah, I wanted to to a man, but the only place I could do it as a houseless teen was in an alley or in the back of someone's house or at a party when no one was looking. Or there was very few places to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the nation was wondering if it was okay to murder one of us because we flirted with you in Wyoming. I mean, this was this was a different time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. so you know, this is, you know this. The, these, I, you know, this is a different time I grew up in. And um, yeah, I, for I'm so grateful for where queer culture is, and it's really strange to, to know how decimated we've been. That like, you know, here I'm like an elder. At 43, yeah. and that's like fucking heartbreaking. Right. And um, you know, um, and so that's why I wrote about it. Um, I really wanted to contribute to Black uh, queer history. Um, I feel like it's one of the few things I have left to do in this world. Uh, um, and you know, and so it's it's part of the great endeavor of, of you know, trying to write some of that down. So yeah, that's a that story. Um, in that time is you know, I think about how close I was to death that's really what United States race is about. It's not about me. It's about how fucking awesome uh, this Republic is because every time something like that happens, someone else stepped up to help me it was there. They were. that it takes thousands of fucking angels for someone like me to be alive. Even now I'm surrounded by them. And so, you know, and they're all of you. And so really it's a book about you and about how great you are and, and, and the stuff that you do when no one's looking even to, little queer black boys when there wasn't a power analysis for what to do in that situation
2: it was just people really coming from the heart you know yeah
1: that's the complicated shit I write about
3: (laughs) you're like you just like pull it in into this like deep yeah deep thinking deep feels
2: i
1: like art i'm into it and i like lamp and that means i have to go because i'm talking like that
0: (laughs) well i love it you are such a fantastic brilliant mind and artist yourself and so um it's just such a great pleasure to have you on the podcast and to nerd up about comics i really do not get the chance to do that with other (laughs) queer people enough because sadly comics aren't huge it's growing in the queer community but like for a while it's like you're ostracized if you're queer in like comics even though every single comic book character is drawn it's for cool. these queer kids listen, with these listen, very like i don't know bare titties and everything I, I was
1: talking about. i don't know when my look became like mid-90s superhero
0: oh my god
1: but this is how i dress every day now and i was like trying to figure it out like i wear the gloves and all and i'm like i look like a teen sidekick from the 90s i love it yep every day this is how i dress now so yeah no we yeah. can definitely nerd out about comics
0: that's awesome if anyone's uh,
1: wondering i'm wearing moon Racker tights if you've ever seen the 70s <laughs> uh, bond film Moonracker, i'm wearing that colorful uniform that made no sense I love As it. Yep. tights with a gold cape and a uh, Black Panthers uh, breakfast program t-shirt. So I dress like a superhero every day because I am a fucking superhero. Come at me.
0: For real. For real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think um, we should quick rate the film. Uh, if out of 10, what are we doing? Fangs. fangs. So out of 10 fangs, what would you think? What would you rate this film and do you have a favorite kill from it? I'll let y'all think and cause I can start. I i got I have to say nine and a half out of ten fangs. The only half that doesn't hold up is that real well it didn't even I think it was bad CGI even in the 90s. Like oh, yeah. people saw it and were like, this is not great. But still, nine and a half out of ten. Uh and my favorite kill. Has got to be like, it was very problematic, fat phobic scene, mm. but I really like that, like, queer coded fat vampire who was just being like, just the creative use of like a UV flashlight. I've never seen that in a movie mm-hmm. before, so it was just kind of fun. Speaking to what you were saying, Lenny, about the um, technology of this film and kind of the innovation it does to comic book technology and also vampire lore so
1: yeah you don't see any of that shit the most you saw was in lost boys when like Corey Haim was like in between and coke at 11 came up with stuff you know
0: yeah
2: yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i would read it i'm gonna go with an i thought i had it I am going to go with a 9.
2: Mm.
3: I think I'm going to go with a 9. I really liked it. It was a really good... I did really like it. I really liked the movie. It had n- not the, like... Like, the problematic vampires were clearly problematic. They weren't the love interest. So that in and of itself gives it, like, 8 points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, like, I liked the CGI. I liked the, like... Burning into disintegrated ash and the like, vampire pterodactyl skeletons. Yes,
2: um,
3: I think though that's my favorite kill is yeah. like killing all of them to be and turning them into vampire pterodactyl skeletons.
1: I I would say, I, would say f- I want Blade to be part of the canon. And I know it won't be, but until the new Blade movie comes out, fuck you, it is. So I, I I, mean, overall, on the Marvel scale, it's a solid seven, which honestly, some of the stuff they put out even recently, a solid seven's good, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, um, And I'm not talking about Eternals because that's all just fucking patriarchy. That fucking movie was great and fanboys ruined it. <laughs> um yep. keep it fucking real. That, that's real. Yep. Um, but but you know, like other movies were like Civil War was not well done, could have been done better, and the Civil War actually took the whole Marvel universe and they they, they really fucked up and skipped over a large part of the Avengers um to get mm-hmm. to the Infinity War, which could have happened at the same time. And so it was yeah. and, and it would have made more sense that Thanos fucked him up if the heroes were divided. Not they're still divided yeah. five years later because Cap's got a resentment the fuck out of here so that you know there was a couple things they just could have done right and so i'm a little mad about that but but honestly it's it's a solid seven and and that's really good for a marvel movie because there are tons of marvel movies that no one knows about they only think about the ones that have come out i mean fuck x-men last stand those are three those are three those, those are three words that should fucking horrify you um, you know, do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, you know, there's just so many bad, 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 bad Marvel films. Um, and more to come, I think with Morbius. <laughs> <But> <laughs> they're trying to make Michael Morbius cool, but, uh, <laughs> that's never going to happen. Sorry. God, but I, but you Lito, know what? I said, but, yeah. I said the same thing about guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> and I fucking yeah. love them I loved them in the 70s but I was like no one else will get this I was like holy shit everyone gets it <laughs> but, but yeah I, I say it's a solid 7 but it's got one of my favorite kills in the Marvel Universe and that's because every one of my favorite kills is when your mother dies that's right all the Marvel Universe is fueled by Stan Lee's abusive childhood and his hatred of his fucking mother and how much he wished he died so haha chew on that huh. have a good day every marvel hero starts with childhood trauma pretty much batman's the only one like that See, they made they made one person the psychopath in the dc universe in the marvel universe they're like oh no we're all in here clarice we all (laughs) Yeah. yeah We all float <laughs> down here, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, whatever you know, whether you want to go to it yeah. or fucking uh, Silence of the Lambs, you know what I mean. Like, hello, yeah. Clarice, I can smell you through there. You know, whatever. Like, it's it's those kind of vibes in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I've always liked about it. Is the Marvel universe just seemed like heroes who were fucking winging it, it like, up any second. And DC always felt like like. Th- like the dudes in high school who just got everything right and you fucking hate it. And I hated that about DC. And what I liked about Marvel mm. was like, like Captain America was like, in the eighties was like, I don't believe in America. and just wasn't fucking <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> and like Peter Parker can't even keep a job. He's a fucking scrub. And he, I'm so mm, glad he's it. back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Spoilers. Yeah. It's been six months. I'm so glad that Peter Parker is Peter back Parker. to being I'm a bum. Pepper. That's all I'll say. A I fucking agree. 100%. Loser. A loser who can't even make it to class. Uh, f- you know why? Because no good deed goes unpunished. That's the fucking yeah. lesson of Spider-Man. That's mm-hmm. the fuck. Not with great power comes responsibility. No good deed goes unpunished, heroes.
0: Yeah. You've just- I... Mm-hmm thought the spider-man was ruined when they had him being funded by tony stark i was like that is not but anyway, well, that's a yes. civil
1: war plot line that they fucking yeah. ruined
0: so <laughs> anyway we it, i guess um where can our guests find you uh all right, where can our guests, where can our listeners find you uh do you have twitter social media yeah. anything like that you want to
1: um, s- because of whatever. will smith uh defending uh, you know his wife in this way, that like really kind of changed. Like, it's really weird to hear the most violent society in America try and give Black people speeches about violence. Um, mm-hmm. what, what I'll say about all of that, and I'm just saying I won't be on social media for like a month. But what I will say about that is that like um, I, I, I'll do whatever Black women ask me to do, and that, and and the range of that runs from publicly embarrassing you intellectually perhaps morally two, beating your fucking ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the only one who's coming out the pandemic like this. You know, June here T-Rex was murdered by a white supremacist. Who's on trial right now. She was a 60 year old woman who left chemotherapy to March for Letha and the justice for uh, Patrick Kimmons' March every week. So when I hear bishops say, I couldn't come out because there was a pandemic, you're a coward. And when the white supremacist that she de-escalated four times shot her in the face, these kids went and performed CPR on the white supremacist who was taken down. I've never seen Christianity like that. Because I saw it out there. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, like, I'm not, I'm not here to get speeches about what Will Smith did. What Will Smith did is what I would do to you if you say anything about a black woman I love in my presence. As long as they give me permission, they're probably going to handle it themselves. Because people are coming out different. And I don't think white people are, are hip to it yet, but y'all about to be. Because you're going to mm-hmm. see more and more of that. And they are like, oh, where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. It's coming from 400 years of oppression. Wake the fuck up. We th- mm-hmm. I thought we went over this. Yeah. Um, and so you can find me at Lenny A Duncan <laughs> <laughs> on everything. And I swear to God, mostly my like Twitter and stuff is mostly me talking about uh, the podcast, which is uh, Blackberry Jam, supported by Ben and Jerry's, and we uh be announcing some stuff around that, and maybe some new sponsors Ooh. and some new stuff, you know, some good stuff with the honorable, the venerable, the amazing. And uh, certainly my auntie, definitely my hero, and someone I love, uh, Leslie Mack, um, digital strategist and organizer who's really... I'm more the writer of the show, and I sort of play the goofy character that the audience can ride along with. Um, So I, like, intentionally get everything wrong so white people don't have to, so they don't feel uncomfortable. We know we can't save the world while you feel uncomfortable. So, Jesus. So um and you know you can find me at lenny a duncan and all that stuff uh lenny com's back up you can check that out that's the only way to contact me i just sort of like uh i'm 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 taking these phd classes and doing goofy shit like this from time to time and every once in a while i come out with my writing hole and i want to talk about comics or make out with someone so you know come see me
0: <laughs> love it perfect well, our next uh, movie next week is Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. So finally ending our... We're recording these out of order, but like at this point I've only watched two of the Twilight films so just the thought of watching three more is not <laughs> enjoyable to me, but thankfully this will be our last... By the time this comes out, our next episode will be the last one of the Twilight movies. <sighs> wow, so, Breaking Dawn Ace has Part never 2. never seen the
3: Twilight wow. movies or read the books. So I is. am
0: that baby. I just want you to know that. <laughs> with those creepy eyes, there. I've seen a picture. Okay,
3: I was like, we haven't gotten there, so I don't know if Peace knows who that baby is. Don't spoil it. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> I don't know anything except I've seen a picture of this baby with these huge ass eyes, and it looks terrifying. That's yeah. all I know.
1: <laughs> when I was a kid, and that's the COVID again, listeners. Yep, yep. <laughs> Long COVID. We we got it real yeah. bad out here and in California. Don't come out. <laughs>
3: yep. You just want to keep it safe.
1: Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: 98% fair. vaccination rate. Like, don't come here. Please.
3: That's fair. Yeah. yeah.
1: Those people live in Salem. You can go to Salem. It's like 40 miles away. <laughs> you can come visit. We'll, we'll make you wear a mask.
3: Sounds like a good deal to me. Yep. Um, that's it for our show. Thank you so much for being with us at um, it was. It is always good to be with so you fun. in yeah. this virtual space, and this was fantastic. This was fantastic. You're fantastic. Oh.
1: Can I <laughs> smell your neck?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, our theme music was by Matt May, who, along with Pace, edited this episode. Horror Nerds at Church releases every Thursday. Please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The good places, wherever you get your podcasts, baby. That's what I say (laughs) on Blackberry Jams. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, baby. (laughs) Uh,
3: Support us on Patreon and get access to exclusive movie commentary episodes, BooTube episodes, and more bonus content.
1: Give them money. You spend all that money on Uber Eats because the air is lava. (laughs) Skip a a McDonald's and send these kids some money, you cheapskate. (laughs) I love it. Where do you think art comes from, huh? Huh?
3: (laughs) You can sign up at patreon.com slash horror nerds at church. And it's only five bucks, which is, as Lenny said, a McDonald's or a fancy overpriced coffee. It's not like a or McDonald's
1: or a coffee anymore.
3: Uh, right?
1: <laughs> thanks, Obama. <laughs> Yo, right. thanks, Obama. It's so hard now. That shit slaps
2: <laughs>
3: Uh follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Horror Nerds at Church and Twitter at HNAC Pod for all the latest updates and upcoming films, news, and other announcements. Until next time, whether you are born or become queer, I mean a vampire, keep living.
0: Love it.